singer, songwriter, and dear friend of Limit Break Radio, Susan Calloway, announced a live performance on July 15th at 20 Front Street, Lake Orion, a groovy suburb of hometown Detroit, Michigan. Known to the FF community as the voice of Final Fantasy XIV theme songs and Distant Worlds concerts, Susan is currently working on her own music and recently released her single, Time For This. Her live and unplugged performance promises to be soulful, inspiring, and a hangout with her fans. Tickets are only $15 and can be found at SusanCalloway.com. More tour dates and cities will be announced soon. This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Cabo Fulmin of Lamia, Jahar Narishma of Odin, and Tora Fug of Hyperion. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Are you ready for the event of your lifetime? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes, this Sunday is the Tranny Bowl four-way electric cage match. You don't want to miss the hottest fighters duke it out in our underwater arena in Limsa Laminsa this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is our most risque cockfight ever with edible spandex fighting suits. And there's leeches that jump around too. They'll help eat those uniforms, which are Sunday, Sunday, Sunday flavored. Leeches love long, hard banana. Anna Sundays. Ooh, yeah. We are also a sponsored Lords of Verminion Go Minion Stop. So bring your three-year-old children to the show. Dunsay, Dunsay, Dunsay no to the Tranny Bowl for Electric Cage Match this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, I know nothing about video games. Ooh, I totally burned you. He shouldn't be your hero. Escalia. You were a confused and wild thing sometimes. And Mika. I just opened my mouth and out a cane. LimitBreakRadio.com. Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode 118? Something like that. I forget. Yes, 118, that's yes. right. Wow, oh, look at that. It doesn't matter till we get to 200, let's I, be honest. I yeah, no, no more milestones matter till we make it to 200. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for joining us, twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Appreciate having you along starting at four o'clock here. For those of you listening on the podcast that would like to join us live, uh, please head on over to twitch.tv slash limit break radio. Give it a follow. You'll get updates of when we go live. And uh, we would uh, appreciate having you along on Sundays because then you can get in on the fun and be a live caller to limit break radio. You can do that. By sending a Skype message over to Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Now, I've heard 
from the Limit Break Radio HR department. Because we, because we last week because last week I was apparently too mean to people. Wait, what? Yeah, Who I know. Runs the HR department. Uh, yeah, first of all, when do we get an HR department? And every time we complain, you say go tell HR. And as far as we can tell, they don't exist. Yeah. It's well, also last week was our "Be Mean on Purpose" episode, and I'm pretty sure that you've been. Wait, mean wait, Nika, Nika. Thanks it for explaining. Was the our "Be Mean on Purpose" episode. <laughs> You mean when you were super mean as well? Yeah, I was super mean. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, as mean as Nika girl. gets. Uh, <laughs> but but like I'm pretty sure he's also been been meaner than that episode. So I don't if, think, our, if the complaint yeah. was about last episode, then so I've been, been meaner. Been I've long. been angrier than that episode. That's for sure. Yeah, this was pointless meanness. Like there was no like usually when you're mean, true. there's a that's reason true. behind it. This yeah. was just you being mean to be mean. Yeah, usually no, I'm trying to make a point that way. A lot being of being angry doesn't necessarily mean he's being mean. See huh. what you're what you guys are telling me is that my anger is generally justified no. and and that I behave uh, correctly all the time. Yes, daddy. Mm, that is... That's not what we said. That is very far from what we said and could not be argued in any court of law. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. On that note, I have some papers for you later on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us here. LimitBreakRadio.com is the website if you want to subscribe to the podcast. We invite that you do that. And if you do, you might actually notice some new content that's worked its way over to our podcast feed. So on all of our podcast feeds that we run, you'll notice that two new entries have been added. And that is uh, the each news segment from each hour of Checkpoint Radio. Now, if you've never listened to Checkpoint Radio, you can listen over at CheckpointRadio.com. You can check out full episodes over there as well as the podcast. We do a podcast every single week. And now that podcast feed includes on-demand versions of the news updates that we run every hour so if if you like you know final encounter cast but you think maybe it's too long you know like it, it takes like, like myself you don't you don't have two and a half hours to listen to to us drone on and you want to and you, you want to take 9.5 inches you want to get all of your gaming news and esports news inside of seven minutes this is how you can do that so are you trying to say that our news segment on fec is a little long a little bit Huh. But I like it that way. Like, yeah, I, I, too. I, I, I like, like having time to break down a lot everything. Of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That's where most of our discussion comes from. But you're Dad. right. On checkpoint, it's like we've got like 12 minutes with the runoff. So move. Yeah. Right. Dad, Daddy likes it long. Yeah. Gross. Uh, Anyway, um, so, yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. We appreciate having you along. And uh, again, if you've never had a, had an opportunity, go subscribe to the podcast. That's how you can get all of that content delivered to you. It's being featured as a special feature on all of our podcast feeds. Um, but if you want to get if you like it, if you, if you listen to it and you end up liking it, uh, make sure that you subscribe at CheckpointRadio.com or to the LBR podcast network. Um, again, we're taking your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you want to call in on Discord. And Look, you guys should call in because then we don't have to do as much work. That's true. You I can, like it when we get to do less work. You can already hear my voice starting to go. Dude, that, so that opening read obliterated my throat. It hurts so bad. I'm sure it does. That was not fun. That's probably not the thing that's hurt your throat the most. 
a lifetime? Hell no. It's so huge. That's correct. Can we not go down this road, please? Man, college is crazy. Kids know dick. I sure did. Anyway, uh, we are, of course, live from our Eorzean studios. Let's kick it on over to our studios where Nika's just being annoying. Thanks. <laughs> Me being awesome. No, no, not being a samurai. Good lord, there are samurai. so many people standing there. Yeah, what the fuck is how, going on? Yeah, what's up with all these hosts? And how come I have to be here every week if they're all here? Why can't they take over? <laughs> um, yeah, there is there. There seems to be a lot of people uh, hanging out in the studio. If I you want, I see a lot of people volunteering to take over for us for a week. We could get we could have a, a week off. We go raiding. Here's the thing: is that usually usually our our audience doesn't hang out near us when when the iCam is available. They go do their own thing somewhere yeah. in the studio. But because we can't use the iCam right now, this episode of Limit Break Radio <laughs> was made possible by Mrs. Freshlies. Try their new delicious honey bun recipe today. Now with more boy butter. Nailed it! <laughs> oh, he smashed Gross. all the follows out of the tip mug. Oh, you dick. No, there was someone who log- in our LBRFC who logged in, and that's their name now. Boob for Skuro. Oh, look at that. Skuro fan club? I, that needs when does Skuro's not- mom start listening to our show? <laughs> needs to not be a thing. The Skuro fan club. That's disturbing. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think if you're in the Skuro fan club, call in and let us know why. So, by the way, um, I guess, I, you know, you guys have noticed that the uh, tip jar, we, we're, we're including the tip jar on screen now. So, there's that. <laughs> Give us it that's was a thing. half full. Now it's only a quarter. I'm so upset. Well, I think that the Limit Break Radio audience is going to need to fix that. That's a, that's a problem only they can solve. We love the tip jar. That's right. Because... It makes you want to give more. Juxta, you deliver pizzas. How do you feel about the tip jar? <laughs> I love tips. Just the tip? Just the tip? No, I'll pardon How's the your tip. How's your tip? Uh, sore. <laughs> sore and very colorful. Ugh. Whoa, that's colorful. What? Wait, you've never had a bruise before? It's colorful. It's that that's, that's black and blue. That's quite a lot of... That's a lot of skin if you're yellow, bruising. If you're one of those weird people that bruise that color. Oh, well, I th- don't bruises just turn yellow after a period of time? kinds of bruises, depending on the type of... You need more potassium in your diet. I think that's jaundice, dude. Oh. <laughs> well, just that saying. would explain my liver problems. Yeah. Hmm. It would. Anyway. Lick my balls! Thank you. That was necessary. Uh, join you. us in the LBR studio. It's on the Sergeant Tana server. Uh, the Goblet, Fifth Ward, plot number 30. Uh, we will go ahead and take all of you uh, Balmung folk that are getting logged out right about now. Um, <laughs> so uh, you can you can just come on over here, hang out. so crazy. Until, no, until that, until that cannot. Q, until that Q dies down. You're inviting the, the remnants the of Balmung here? Yeah, so we can mock them. And to make our studio? Them. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't need to be present for us to mock them. Who's going to clean the studio afterwards? They're, they're more likely to show up at the end of the show when we do fanfics. But now you have gonorrhea. Wait, that's did you just true. confirm that we're doing fanfics today? I no. did not. Yes. I just said that's that the is best not, time That's not a fa- That is Con- not a... No. Confirmed fanfiction. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I'm, there, not, I'm not making... No, I'm not making any promises that I'm not, I'm not going to... Where's the butt god? We no. so we get segments on this show that are requested to uh, you know have come back or do again. Lots of times it's limit get, breaking music. Oh my god, we get so many requests to do bits again. Yeah, we get limit breaking music. Uh, you know whose fan is he, is it anyway? Yep. Do we get any bit more requested than fan fiction? Shit, yeah. 
Um, like, is there any that's even close? No, I don't think so. Take no. off your clothes. It's not even my favorite. My my uh, the the racial roulette was my favorite. Oh, that was literally roulette. That may be the my favorite thing we've ever done. I actually I have a theory. I think the reason that the fan fictions are the most requested. Oh, jeez. Oh, cool. Great. Fill the mug. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Yeah, oh, fill it. With it fill anyway. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is my theory on the fan fictions. Right? We all hate the fan fictions. Nobody here on the show likes hearing those, right? <laughs> Nobody does. It's just so I like weird. hearing it. It's weird hearing yourself be put into sex scenes. Time to put and your mouth for our balls. We on. were the ones that brought it on. So I don't know. There's something like ironically poetic about the fact that our darkest hour was brought on by ourselves. You're not well, wrong. It's his penis, and you can do whatever he wants with it. <laughs> uh yeah um so a couple of people asking in the chat uh when when are we gonna see uh the spoiler episode that's not uh, like three or four weeks yeah that's yeah like, we don't ever do like that fast time. week week five yeah. maybe yeah like after the rating like real rating comes out right maybe a week like after you have that. to think about when we when a regular expand or a regular like patch came out which would gave us what like <laughs> six msqs like six quests we waited like a month for everybody to catch up this was an expansion which had like a hundred quests so like yeah it's gonna really, be a it plus you have to get 10 levels within that time like there's a lot of times if you're not doing all the side quests you're gonna hit roadblocks not to mention everybody who had Raubon extreme to deal with there's no way that we're gonna have that spoiler episode within a month of the release like let's be real guys it's gonna be at least two months after the release, i would assume we should do an episode where we spin a wheel to determine what bit we bring back so that way we can be completely unprepared for whatever bed it lands on. That's correct. Look, it can't be any worse than Nika trying to improv as a zombie. That no, was rough. Think of that. I, yeah, I still don't know what, well, what gonna, that was supposed to be. We're going to save whose fantasy for next time Nika says she has to miss an episode. That's probably wise. <laughs> can we bring back? Oh, you don't like embarrassing me? We can do that on any old episode. It's embarrassing <laughs> to us, really. It's not a challenge anymore, is really, I think, the thing. Is that it's just... Beating I mean, a dead horse? Yeah. Beating mm-hmm. a horse? It was, it, was, it was funny for the first year. Wow. <laughs> for a whole year? <laughs> Jeez. Ouch. Uh, I know, I'm just saying mean things again. T. Capelli demands to know if Ascalia survived being left in that desert. I told him we have a sequel to that one, and he wants to know if we can read that one, but you're probably going to have to start a change.org petition in order for that to happen. Yeah. 100,000 signatures. We, we read fan fiction. I mean, to be honest, I think I'd, I'd probably prefer not to have to listen to it. Not to ever find why? out. Yeah, I'm okay. That's a mystery that I don't need solved, okay? Yeah, like, get rid of right now, in the fan fiction world, Escalia's dead. Who wants to erase that canon? Well, I I might be dead. It's like dead. it's like Squall. No one actually knows. Yeah, that's fine. Clamp your not god, dead. you fucking moron. <laughs> Bring <laughs> oh on the my god. <laughs> yes. We have that as a drop? Oh, no. I'm so happy. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> no. No. He, no. <laughs> he says. I'm very a... good with ventriloquism. <laughs> That I, impressions. Right. Can I? I just have. I have a request because I know that the the action figure um, ended up uh, not, getting lost, not being Aether. not being not being real. But no. if someone like if someone oh, could real. make 
yeah, it just in a not, but not an action figure. It was a dick. You geeks are so gullible. There's a difference between dicks and action figures. That that is true. Not for me. What is there? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Whoa. Uh, but no, can someone? Is it possible that someone could make Juxta either a like a ventriloquist dummy of his character or himself? Oh my god! That would be the greatest thing in the world. Anira will go to desperate lengths to get his hand up Juxta's ass. Oh, jeez. I don't want to touch it. I'd want to make him bring it out in awkward social situations to terrify other people. So you want me to bring out myself? Yeah. Yes, we want you to expose yourself. And only yourself. talk through the dummy. Like, you have to maintain oh, eye contact oh my God. on the dummy, and, and you talk through the dummy. Carletta says a Muppet for the Muppet. It's actually, this is, I think it's a Kurt Braunholer bit that <gasps> I had heard recently. I haven't heard Kurt Braunholer in years. He was on a prank show where that, that's what they did. They made a ventriloquist dummy of him oh and God. set him up on blind dates and he only talked <laughs> through the puppet. And oh he's like, God. and he said he's scared. Like there's, there was a woman that he scared half, half to death. She was like deathly afraid of ventriloquist dummies. Oh right? my God. And her eyes oh just get no. really big and she's like please just talk to me <laughs> and he's like like the producers in his ear going under no circumstances will you fucking talk to her <laughs> it was so it's one of the fucking craziest stories oh i've ever god. heard did you ever see him on bunk uh no i didn't oh my god it's this game show that he did where it was just this ridiculous Game show making fun of all the stereotypes that you see on game shows where every contestant got to pick their own prize as long as it was a completely selfish and self-absorbed prize. Oh, I like that. Nothing for charity. I like that. So good. That's funny. Uh, Anyway. All right. So uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash limit break radio is how you do that. Uh, I want to thank everyone who does currently support limit break radio. Uh, You guys have ensured that we're able to continue producing the amount of content that we do. uh, And you guys gave us um, basically the the running to be able to do uh, Final Encounter cast as well as uh, that grew into Checkpoint Radio. And, And you know what? You guys get to reap the benefits of all that um i got to stream last night for the first time in a long time and a lot of the comments that i was getting is like oh you're so Ooh, far behind news y'all you're so far behind in the msq oh you're my some god kind of moron you know that and, and you know you're a bitch it's true you're not funny stop it <laughs> I'm just when it's like the, after the comments after just like four in a row it's just like <laughs> okay it's getting a little bit much um but it it's it's really like if you want to know where my time is being spent, it's, you know, uh, making sure that you guys get two additional pieces of content now every single week. If you are subscribed to the Limit Break Radio podcast uh, feed and and I mean, like if you if you think about it, like we could actually do we could we could have a new piece of content almost five days a week at this point. Like a brand wow. one, one new piece of content five fucking days a week. And like we got here almost by accident. And I think that that's pretty amazing. So I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, praise you guys for uh, how much you have been have enabled us uh, to to really um, kind of chase this opportunity. That is Checkpoint and uh, and and, you know, final encounter cast as well. You and have done well. 
Um, yeah, I, just, I, I, it's it's pretty amazing what um, you know an audience can kind of come together and and do. And uh, you know, we've said it before, and uh, I'll say it again. But with Checkpoint, we're we're really trying to do right by you guys. Um, you know, where these shows, we have a lot of control. We have, you know, we we definitely lead with our irreverence on uh, both Limit Break Radio and Final Encountercast. Um, Checkpoint is something that is. Is, since it's got a wider reach and it's got more potential people um, that that listen to it, uh, it's a little bit more reined in. It's a little bit more, uh, well, you know. Not to cre- mention, there's a government agency who that can is shut also- us down if we say something we can't say. That is true. But the thing is, is that the way that we make that show, the way that we approach making that show, is um, you know the the same way that we approach Final Encountercast, and you know uh, we do, uh, we you know we are slightly jaded gamers. We are slightly cynical and. Mm-hmm you do end up getting that perspective with checkpoint as well. So uh, again, I do want to thank you for all of your support. And if you want to continue uh, see this kind of content, continue to grow um, and you want to help us continue to grow as an organization, head on over to patreoncom slash limit break radio and uh, pledge whatever is comfortable for your budget. Um, Kahlo, what is the uh, status of your postcards from Eorzea? Oh boy, guys. Now here's the thing. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that credit cards uh, have already been, been processed so uh if you're a patreon you're getting this card whether you want it or not <laughs> and uh this is the scuro card oh no you, oh no no apple nectar outdid herself this is such a terribly beautiful nightmare ever seen a grown man naked <laughs> you, you 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 no you're right you, you are absolutely right it, oh. it is a grown man naked Oh, um, and, and all of you are getting one as well. Oh, so look forward to that. No. This thing is terrifying and it will haunt you. You did. You know, you did confirm that all credit cards have been charged. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that would be up to you, our. Yeah, you probably store, should have checked but, that before announcing what it was. Well, that and we're assuming that these things go through the post office, which, you know, based on the oh. content, maybe they won't. <laughs> so You're not allowed to mail porn. Apparently Actually, I think not. You, I think well, you, can't you mail? You just see a butt. It's not like full frontal. If you want to get a preview of it, you can uh, check out our Instagram. Why would you want to? Um, it's, this is a picture of Scurro's butt. It, it, well, this isn't, but you can you can just kind of get an idea of what you can. Remember, I said there was a expect. host that was going to sort of be like co-starring in this, and uh, the Instagram picture gives you a little hint of who it is. There you go. Ah, oh. there you go. Um, so anyway, a little hint. The That's host pretty- name. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's your pretty- little hint. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hey, some of our listeners are really dumb, okay? You, you just like mushroom stamped him with that little hint. Gosh. In Col- fact, some of them some of them might even be retarded and or autistic. Kahlo, master of subterfuge and subtlety. Good and, job. And Salome Ninja. <laughs> and Salome. <laughs> Did that joke make it on air? Does anyone have I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it did. But oh my god! Anyway, long story short, Kahlo thinks it's pronounced slaloming. Uh, yeah, Kahlo doesn't know uh, what a word I've never seen before. Slalom? How have you, you never seen the word slalom? I, I don't know. I'm either. sorry. It was never one of my vocabulary words. Okay. Kahlo. Do you not watch the Olympics? I've watched no. the Olympics and I still have no idea what that is. Kahlo, you're I white. The Olympics for like women's volleyball. You're white and you live in a place that has snow. I refuse to accept that you've never seen slalom written on a piece of fucking paper. That's Skiing? not true. Yeah. Yeah. 
People just say skiing. Yeah. Well, the slalom is an event where you have to ski between the two different colored flags. Yeah, I don't watch skiing. Watch skiing. Watch <laughs> I'm not skiing. not watching skiing. Wow. I'm more likely to watch curling before skiing. Okay, I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. Ski- curling. Here's the point. Yeah, you knew what curling was and how to spell it. Skiing and salaming are two very different things. So maybe you should look into salaming. Salaming. Just salaming that I could get into. You know what? Just go catch salmon and be done with it. Anyway, um, we also had the uh, Teespring event uh, campaign, whatever that is. Um, 29 people bought shirts and we're so actually what did you say the the profit uh was for us on those we got like 170 bucks yay, yay. we're gonna spend it on beer um so i miss beer <laughs> they should arrive at your doorsteps next week we're actually so we've already been getting uh tweets back really people who uh, i haven't gotten them. mine yet yeah Son of a bitch. Dude, no one wants to deliver to Flint. It's because it takes actually an additional week for them to print onto a 5XL. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's fair. If you didn't take it, that one. Wow. I'm sorry. That was brutal. That cut deep. That one was. <laughs> well, yeah. The doy. That one was. That was even a little bit mean for me. Uh, anyway. Let's check out what's going on in uh, FF14 News. This is a limit-breaking news update. So over the past week, Square Enix has been initiating a daily purge. At a designated time, all inhabitants will be forcefully logged out, and for a period of 10 minutes, no logins were possible. I was really hoping that they would just let us PvP in all zones, and we could just kill people and knock them offline. Oh, well, yeah. When you, when you, when you said the purge, that was what I thought of first. Yeah, and I was like, that's their character. neat. That's neat. Yes. What? Well, it doesn't need to be that extreme. You could just knock Fuck them you. offline. Fuck you. No, I like, want... Literally, you are playing for your right to stay online. I want real stakes. Well, uh, and a steak. I'm super hungry. A1 sauce? We, we just ate. Like, like not, not even, even an hour. Yeah, ago. not even 40 minutes ago. Yeah, but it was it was a Jimmy John sandwich. Those things are tiny. That's nope. like a snack. No, they're not. They're actually not. And this actually, this actually shows how much of a problem this is. Uh, yep, at a designated time, all inhabitants are taken out for 10 minutes. This was done to help alleviate heavy congestion and to reduce the queue time on high population servers. Uh, that has actually changed for our server now. We're back to normal. We so don't. It's only uh, Belgreg that has to deal with that. Yep. yep so it's, it's not the entire gay center. Yeah, just the two of them still. So you'll be in an instance, and all of a sudden, two people DC in the final boss. And you're like, oh, they're on Belgreg. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, way to go. But here's the thing is that it actually worked. Uh, the congestion loads on servers that they implemented this on originally. Yes, you actually were able to like log in better throughout the day. So, I mean, not yeah, right after it happened. No, it was terrible. But like within a few hours, no, you could log in fine. So, yep, I finally logged in for the first time last night without a queue. The first time on Sargatanus. Yep, uh, I still get like fifteen to twenty. Yep, usually yep. I had one time of no queue last night. Boom. But boom. Oh, Cass is trash is gonna ah. destroy our tip jar. No! God damn it. Thanks, oh, Cass. We worked so hard on that. Oh, that's a heavy one. Oh, no! Look at it go! Oh, man. We lost wow. so that's many. That's really funny. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many different animations depending on how many things fell in. It's like, this is like taking me back to like pogs and slammers and stuff. This is craziness. Yeah. Speaking of cool animations like that, uh, Nariko Star has actually started work on our new cheer motes that we're going to have eventually. That's right. What? We're getting yeah. new cheer motes. Yeah, I decided to make a, a financial decision of an adult nature, and I decided to buy uh, commission 
cool little uh, cheer mode animations. Wow, I, I've gotten to hear about some of these. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, can you tell us about like one of them? Um, they feature Escalia. Prominently. All of them? All, All of them. them? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Quite prominently. This is not okay. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, my. I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do. Uh, if you like fan fictions, <laughs> let's just say you'll like these cheer motes. Can we? They're going to be Twitch, contributing to the boob fund. Is Twitch going to allow for this? Like, is that? What? Is Twitch going to like be okay with this? What do you mean? Like, it's not too explicit, is it? I mean, you say fanfic, and then I'm like, oh well, god, what the fuck? I don't understand. Like, can you not have like, like you know, like vaginas on the screen? No. <gasps> no. You really, you, you can't. <laughs> Brb, oh. got to get in touch with Noriko Star. <laughs> All right, well, I, I've just so everybody knows, I've commissioned uh, pictures for my own use then. <laughs> of me? <laughs> hey, you're a chick. You're Sometimes. Hot. You're hot in the game. Fair. Sometimes. No, always in game. No, Ass. Well, I mean, you had this like boyish haircut for a little while. I did. I did. Just, I did get rid of the boy no, cut you're, for you're this picture. Yeah. 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 I will say that, you know, like on uh, on some of our headers, like maybe on uh, I think the one that that's on Twitch has not been updated or I'm sorry, not on Twitch, but on uh, Twitter has not been updated in quite a while. <laughs> I don't think you're actually on that one. I um, think that was really. Yeah, I think that was at a point where you were not logging in. <gasps> I remember that because yeah. we were getting paid. Yeah, that's right. And then once <laughs> this talk of money came, many uh, suddenly it's crawling back. Yeah, suddenly Mr. No Show is Mrs. Show up. I work. remember having the conversation too. <laughs> Since he wants to come back, do we pay him or do we make him wait a year? What header are we really, referring to? Wouldn't really be fair to give him that much because you know he hasn't been around. And yet we did because we are generous and benevolent gods. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's what it feels so like. So predictable. Uh, the first part in an ongoing documentary series by Danny O'Dwyer of GameSpot uh, sets out to speak to various developers about the troubled history and sordid past of Final Fantasy XIV 1.0. Boy, so, this seems like a common topic these days. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> Some of the devs he talks to include localization lead Koji Fox and engineering lead Hideyuki Kasuga. Uh, the documentary is in three parts, all of which can be found on YouTube. We started watching these. Yeah, it's actually really very good. Oh, it's this, outstanding. The no clip stuff. This is the no clip stuff. Oh, okay. I actually didn't. I didn't know that you were talking. Uh, he was. He's from Gamespot. I didn't know Daniel that. Daniel 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 Daniel, yeah, he uh, okay. was the host and producer for a few of the uh, the shows that they did uh, online. Oh, yep. okay. I, I I was never that invested in Gamespot stuff. Yeah, that's what this is. Uh, so it's really good. You should watch this. It is very very well done. And the thing is, is I mean, like. Um, and and to to their credit, you know, to no clips credit, they actually cite the uh, fall and rise of FF14, the the speakers, speakers of spe Heidel, yeah, yeah, speakers network uh, uh, documentary series because that is also very good. Um, they did a very good job chronicling, you know, what happened. But yeah, this is actually like like no clip got access to the devs. Yeah, how they and got these interviews is. Beyond me. Well, he used to work for GameSpot. He has connections. Yeah, that's true. I think I, was this. Am I wrong, or was this particular one crowdfunded? I mean, I think NoClip in general is a crowdfunded thing. Yeah, they have a Patreon and all that. Oh, they do. Okay, because I I, I yeah, know uh, the 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 guy who made them, uh, Danny O'Dwyer. Yeah, he has a Patreon. So okay, I think that's what that's what funded it. Okay, yeah, because I I remember hearing about it after it got funded, and people were really excited about it. And then the speaker 
Troopers thing started to come out. And I was really impressed with that. And I was like, damn, they're going to really have to bring it if they're going to do better than speakers. Right. And then the fact that, first of all, the fact that they cited it, like, awesome. Yep, like, right off the rip. Like, that's so, like, it's such a, a, a little piece of community respect and support, like a, mm-hmm. a, a nod to, like, the homegrown shit that um, I just, I really appreciated that, especially because we're not featured in it. <laughs> yeah, from, because we don't get mentioned at all. Yeah, see, like that's the thing. It's we're not we, informational we've never done source. Anything like this, though. Yeah, but we're still important parts of the community. We're homegrown. We demand recognition. Mm-hmm. I think okay, it's bullshit. Not, not for anything in particular, just in general. We want just for existing <laughs> and playing okay. the game. Sometimes. Well, if they do a like a, a fourth segment on like the penis length of a mikote, then they can start citing us. Well, look, all I'm saying is, so. how hard is it to just add in at some place? And then there's these assholes. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all I want. Like, I don't think it's asking for much. No, I mean, like, you know, they could have come and talked to us for like 45 minutes. Like, that would yeah. have been, I think, pretty acceptable. Yeah, but what's longer want than to? any of the actual segments that they uploaded to YouTube? And I just think that that would have been fun. It would have been a good time. I don't know why they would want no, to. No, no, no one, no one would. It's like, we got funded on Patreon through this. Let's throw that away. <laughs> I mean, easily, easily our backstory is just as interesting as the development of 1.0. I mean, it oh, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our backstory is pretty fair, interesting. To be fair, you probably heard that backstory like 800 times. Yeah. By this oh, point. yeah. How many times have you heard the backstory of LBR? Yeah. And you know what? The difference Only is, is 400. that 1.0 yeah. was popular. Oh, no. oh. oh. Yikes. But the thing is, is our 1.0 had to do with 11, which was also popular. Well, and and and, and again, this uh, video series does actually contextualize 11. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in the greater scheme of things. And still doesn't mention us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? Nika gets it. Nika gets it. Um, uh, Scythe wants to know if our uh, information on Mikote dick sizes have been peer-reviewed yet. Uh, I've touched other... Uh, Miko Tate Dick. Yeah, that count? Just as my peer, and he reviewed my dick. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, anyway, yeah, go, go check those out. Um, you can find it uh, if you just search "no clip" and "ffxiv." Uh, you'll f- you'll find it pretty easily. Um, All right, so guys, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right, this isn't news per se, but. What with us being who we are here at Limit Break Radio, this is not something we could let pass under our radar. Couldn't ignore it. No. Uh, A thread popped up over a good old r slash FFXIV entitled, A Plea to the User Base to Stop Abusing Kugane. Uh, It's pronounced Kugane. Kugane. I'm sorry. I thought it's Kugane. Kugane. I'm sorry. Kugane. There you go. Kugane. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, It reads as follows. Hang on. So, listen. Before we start into this, okay? Like, we know that this is probably a troll, right? Yeah, we're like, aware. Like, we're aware. If it's not... No. But, but it's, it's still funny. It's either, it's either a professional-level troll or this person needs to be put that's, in a that's place. That's the like, thing, is safe. that it's a really good troll. It's so good. Um, Why can't our trolls be this good? And, 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 and of course, the, you know, this post basically follows Poe's Law. Yeah. Where... You know, if you argue something, you know, to its absolute sincerest, it becomes indiscernible from sarcasm. Yeah. At, at some point, you can't tell whether it's trolling or anymore because right. you've taken it so seriously. So, um, all right. You want to. Yeah. You, have uh, you got a good racist voice worked up for this, uh, Escalia? 
Uh, no, I cannot imagine that the person who wrote this is actually Japanese. Well, let me, let, I, you know what? I'm going to help you because I feel like this might be something I'm that... I'm pretty sure the person that wrote this is, is a weeb. Oh, thank you for this. Yeah, see, I'm going to I'm gonna set the mood, right? Like, and, and you're going to be able to find the right voice for this, I think. <clears throat> this is a uh, sensitive topic for me and many other player in the game. So let's please try to be civil. I'm asking the player base, most of it, to stop hanging out in Kugane and flooding the shout chat with memes and harassment. Kugane represents a rich culture that is important to some of us and should be respected. It is an endgame hub designed for people like me, people who identify as otaku, <laughs> who, who have a deep, deep appreciation for Nihongo. And want to honor no. it in game. <laughs> Nihongo means Japanese. For Nihon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Please go take your toxicity to Ragar's Reach and leave us alone. Kugane is what we've always wanted. A true place for anime and manga fans to live our dream. It's a safe haven Throw. for real fans Throw. of Nihongo culture and art. <laughs> Not a place to spam. Donald Trump son memes and talk <laughs> about sex. Arigato, racist. Please respect <laughs> the Kugane. son in there was just fucking incredible. <laughs> Please respect Kugane and just leave it. Do not take this from us. Do not ruin the beauty and majesty and history that Yoshida san has given us. It is deeply upsetting to me and many other true fans of Nihongo art, architecture, and history. Thank you, Stormbloods. <laughs> Nihongo only means the language. Nihongo. <laughs> what you, would use. Nihongo. Oh, you know what, Nika? Nika. That actually, I think, fits in. I think, no, I think you're right. You think you're right. So what was that? Was that an appropriate voice for you there, Nate? Does that yeah, work? I think that worked. All right, great. I mean, Except, I, I, it I went really it well. Like one of the real school, like school yeah, I think it was supposed to be an, weeb voice. It was, should have been an otaku voice, but I don't have the otaku voice down. Ja like offensive Japanese voice, I can do, and that music was perfect for it. But I mean, what, what's what's an otaku? Is this close to an otaku voice? I don't know what what that one would be. What 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 does a fucking otaku sound? Oh really? Oh yeah, it's some mixture of okay. like. Yeah, like this heavy breathing and Mandark like, from Dexter's Laboratory. Okay, that's fair. I just don't know how to project like terrible facial hair and body odor in a just voice. Just pretend you're a redditor. Um. So the, the the question I actually have about this because obviously the 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 whole thing is is questionable. But specifically, this kind of goes to uh, Nika and to Ascalia. They say it is an end game hub <laughs> designed for people like me, not yeah. not a raider. But but an otaku. What what, what is an end game hub designed for an otaku exactly? Um, it's it's the the jumping puzzle tower. That's the end game. Oh, that you're not wrong. That is like the I only know, thing that I sets Kogane apart. Half hours on that fucking jump. You know what? You're the problem. It's you jumping <laughs> all over the place instead of sitting down on the floor and drinking your tea like a respectable otaku. Weed. Also, it's funny because, like, yes, this is obviously heavily based on Japan, but it's it's not Japan. Yeah, it's still fair. fantasy like, Japan. It, it's, it's fantasy East. So, like, there are some Chinese, there are some like other Asian cultures thrown in, and some just like total fantasy made up bullshit. It's like, like it's like saying that Gotham City is what Chicago actually is. 
it's yeah. just like yeah it, it it's based off of like a mixture of chicago and new york but like it's still fake and and there's a lot of japanese names obviously because they're japanese developers and so but it's not japan no matter how much you want it to be especially because it says anime and manga culture and there's nothing like everything about kugane is very beautiful and japanese in feel but threw up in my mouth what about it has a manga or anime feel like, Next to nothing. Nothing. There's no high school like, in it. I understand. The <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I, I understand the people who who who. I mean, if I'm going to take this as seriously as I can, um, I understand the people who want to like respect and honor the the ancient Japanese culture. I totally get that. But people who are like otaku with an appreciation of manga and anime, like where are they getting that? Well, I'm speaking American. It's the only language I understand. Let's be frank. Once you put your this world into a video game, the the talk about respecting it as a culture has kind of gone out the window, hasn't it? Yeah. But the, the fact that you're you're even placating it for a moment of going like ah, I understand why people would want to respect it. N why? It's a fucking video game. Like why? Why would you want to have other people? You know, like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, I I understand again that this is a troll post and that. I'm and by the way, it as seriously as I can allow myself. Yes, idiot. By the way, props to you, Stormblood son. Yeah, that was very good. You nailed it. That was that was very good. Um, but no, like uh, honestly, uh, when um you know when when dealing with with someone who's not connected to to reality fundamentally is when you start having these conversations about like oh well you should respect this digital space like what are you talking what are you actually talking about what what do you want people to respect like this was ostensibly responding to people jumping on top of one of the roofs on the, in in Kugane, like that, this is stupid. Is that what it was? That's what I was gonna ask. What is it responding to? Like, who is not respecting the town? Like, I've been in Kugane. My home point is Kugane. I'm always in Kugane, and nothing not respectful is happening. So that's uh, yeah. I, like, I don't like jumping well, on the roof. Like Donald Trump memes and sex talk. Not respectful. I have not seen any of that on our server. Maybe that's just on. That like, just sounds like mom. that just sounds like the second or third day of an expansion. That's yeah, all that I sounds say, like. Idleshire like, wasn't any better for that. No, mm -hmm. it does. I mean, okay, but Idleshire didn't have this rich and diversified culture to draw upon. Oh, good. And goblins, goblins, yeah, have, yeah, goblins have a culture too. No, they're just trash. Wow, literal Idleshire garbage. Idleshire was Flint. <laughs> That's being no, actually no, no, actually you could drink the water and I'd leave. <laughs> Nika, no, Nika and I figured out what the analogy is um, because uh, Nika, N go ahead and and tell everyone what, what you told me when you were going through your little Alamigo quests. Oh, uh, I can't even remember the exact words. Okay, my my thing was I was doing the final. There's a level 70 quest after you beat the story where you go to Little Alamigo and try to convince people to come and help out in Alamigo and rebuild. Spoilers. And, and there's a, there's a bunch of people there. And like Little Alamigo, like, I mean, we've all been in Little Alamigo, right? It's a bunch of tents in a cave. Yeah, it's a shithole. And there's a bunch of people that are like, eh. We don't want to leave. And I was like, why wouldn't you want to leave? You live in a tent. And and my response was, Nika, you grew up in Flint. <laughs> yeah, but she left Flint. Yeah, no. I did. But, but you, you always, like anywhere, if you, if you were raised in a small town, like, you yeah. know how that small town mentality of like, I can't leave. It's a hive mind. It really is. Like, I mean, and like, well, I broke the mold. And honestly, like my couple close friends all managed to get out. But when I go back to Flint, 
I am constantly at risk of running into somebody I know because yeah. literally everybody who grows up there stays there or at least in the surrounding towns. They're- like I was saying like the high school I went to as the same high school my parents went to. Like we had some of the same teachers like that's, that's weird. yeah that's definitely no weird. there's a bar in my town that is solely occupied by people who were in my graduating class i'm convinced i have cool. never once walked into that bar and not had someone recognize me who i have no interest in talking is to. is it moose winooski's it is not moose winooski's okay, that, is, that is that is exclusively people 65 and up the, that is my that is probably my the, my favorite name for a bar that's a great bar it's name moose winooski's is great name. no it's renshaw which oh, okay yeah. i think renshaw was there when you were still in yeah I, I i've been to renshaw I, I don't think it was actually when i was there but, okay um anyway I wanna, okay ryoku says some people just prefer living in a small town and don't care for the noise of the city that's fair but flint is a shithole just like little alamigo yeah the thing is is that like little alamigo the, i mean the, the person in the quest is like you know some of us we left 20 years ago there are kids now who have never known alamigo there are old people now who can't make the trip and like when you think about about a real life analogy of it like yeah you've grown up in the town you don't know anything else why would you want anything else the analogy holds yes. up is what she's saying it, it, it does yeah. and, Except and when hold- Nero threw that at me I was like oh hold okay. on hold on there's a big difference between the little they don't have the means to leave well you're, you're there to help them have the means to leave is the thing and the, and the thing is that they kind of a lot of people you do have some people that are on board with coming with you but for the most part the majority of them are like eh why, why would we go to Alamigo like we Little Alamigo's all we've known. Let, let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you exactly why. So that they still have NPCs in that zone. <laughs> that's, that's the unfortunate <laughs> truth of it. True. They can't have well, all the NPCs yeah, disappear. Don't break the immersion, man. Come on. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, it is still pretty uh, effective narrative oh, point right there. Though. Lloyd FF11 would like to know if Flint was a shithole before the water thing. Yeah, it absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs of Flint, which was, you know, arguably a little bit better than Flint. But like, I could walk five minutes, be in Flint, and you know, like hear gunshots. If, if you lived in Michigan. If you lived in Michigan, hearing that Flint's water was poisonous was the least surprising thing thing you'd heard all week. Yeah. um, If you want an idea of how bad and how long Flint has been bad, go watch Roger and Me. That was made in what? Like 1985, 86? Yeah. I mean, like, I've always said, even since before all of this, like, when they list, like, the top 10 cities in the United States for highest murder rate, Flint and Detroit are in the top three. Yeah. Every time. time. Every time. Every single time. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So Michigan. Yeah. Like Michigan has so many fun place to live. We have so many nice places and so many awful places. That's true. Uh, Anyway, if you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to start off uh, taking our first call here from Kayon Valian of Behemoth. What's going on, Kayon? Hi. 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 you're not going to use my real name this time? I mean... You didn't give it to us, so no. Well, he did. He did, um, but... I, I did. I Why? Was, I, was, I was just giving you the benefit of anonymity if you wanted it, but thanks for nobody calling. Knows, nobody knows that name. Aaron Edge? I mean, if they listen to yeah. Final Encounter Cast, they would. Oh, oh I remember it's Aaron. Yeah, I would never remember another way. The oh, Edge. Yeah, my, break. My, my parents are the one that died in the car accident, not me. Yeah, okay. we forget Scotland. sometimes because we don't hear from you. Yeah, yeah, and we don't care. It's easy to mix it up. So Whoa. anyway, anyway, what's up, man? Um, well, I saw the uh, Stormblood Collector's Edition thing. I have it. If you guys wanted to talk about it, but I also wanted to uh, shit on the fourteen community a little bit. 
Oh, uh, we do that every week. Why would you ever want to do that? The floor is yours. Take go. Yeah, take it away. Um, because they're garbage. Agreed. <laughs> the fourteen community is collectively a giant vagina. Okay. <laughs> Those. All wait, wait, what's wrong with vaginas, man? Well, vaginas no, are tough. Hold punch on. a vagina, you would not okay. punch a penis. Okay. Okay. That's a different story. Holy How about pansy? No, no. Work? The problem Whatever. is that it's a giant vagina, and when it's a giant vagina, you can't get off in it anymore. I just want to... What just, if you put your entire body there? How, like, how giant is a giant vagina? Can I just quote... I mean, like 32 feet tall. Can I just Whoa, quote Jesus. Nika? Can I just quote Nika here for a second? And she she just said punch a vagina. Like, <laughs> punch we, a vagina and punch a penis. Which one is tougher? Oh, my God. Drop, drop, um, drop. We need that drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's a fact. So anyway... From the very beginning, Raubon, and this is the reason why video game developers get away with this kind of shit, with bringing out an early access game that doesn't work right away, is that half of the people are bitching, but they won't go actually say anything useful about it to SE, and the other half is telling that half before that they should get over it and that it's early access. Or I even heard one person say that this wasn't even a full release at Ugh. early access. Yeah, you know, it's uh, funny. Like, Yes, it was. They talk about it like it's just early access. I'm like, that's funny because they advertised it as being early access they, to the game and made it, me pay 20 bucks more for it. Yeah. It was the full release of the game no matter what. And there are people saying, oh, I even heard uh, another streamer, I won't say his name, I guess, say that... Uh, Go do other content. What other content is there to do if you're not going to go play Red Major Samurai? Oh, can we take guesses? We're going to have to go do old content anyway. If and and, or what? Do the new fates in one zone? Fates aren't fucking new. They they they're just new monsters. That's it. And and I mean I agree with you because like saying go do other content or you know go do non-broken content uh, while you wait for it. It is that is that's a huge cop out. I tried to do other content and I still got disconnected from it. Yeah, and then single player instances got broken, and I think Red Mage and Samurai both have single player instances. Yep, at the very very beginning. beginning. So it's that I couldn't do Ravon. So okay. Yep, so, so I went to go do that. It didn't work. And, and, then, and then, once all that cleared up, and everybody was like, oh, see, they fixed it. Oh, it's not even release day. It's fixed now. You get into the the later parts of the story, and I won't spoil anything, but but there's a trial that people already want to nerf, like Steps oh of Faith. Oh, my God. Why? It's Which already is- on the official forums that they want to nerf it. Get better at the game. Everybody that's listening to this or will ever fucking hear this, please just read tips. Look up a fucking guide and get good because this is ridiculous. The, the, I guarantee you that there are people from other communities and MMOs that look at people bitching about all of this fucking stupid shit on our forums or on Twitter or, or, or on a, a video. I'm sure there are videos out there. There's got to be videos. And they're all just I'm, looking at them like, what the fuck is wrong with them? I'm willing to bet it's and, the level 70 dungeon that people are referring are you talking to. talking about the last one? And it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, what? That was, that was easy. St- I'm, I will be really upset with Square mm. Enix if they don't just come out and say, no, we're not going. Because all the content so far has been heavily more heavy in 
mechanics and less dependent on DPS. We've seen it already. And that's what we've been asking for. Right. That's what everybody's been asking for. And now they want to nerf a fight (laughs) that will actually teach you how to be a little bit better at the game. Well, and And that's it's ridiculous. Like Yoshi this time around, he's kind of made no bones about it. He's kind of said, don't ask us about difficulty. Right. We don't want to hear it. Well, and, and, you know, uh, do people not remember the 1.0 final battle? Like I know a lot of people didn't play that. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember the battle of 1.0 was hard. As it was. Fun. I spent like eight hours of extra life that year yeah. just trying to do that battle. It was hard, and then once you beat it, it was fucking like it. You felt so good. And, and, and this trial's not that hard. I don't know why they, anyone would be bitching. And and that's I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna echo Yoshi P's sentiments there. Like, stop fucking complaining about difficulty. Yeah, like, stop I, I think, us about it. and and I think that that Square Enix taking the approach of we're just gonna not listen to any any commentary about the difficulty probably smart. The at difficulty this point. is what it is. It is. Um, here's the thing. Uh, and and Kan, I'm really glad that you kind of brought this point up today because this is something that actually clicked in my own head. Uh, while I was watching the documentary, right? The the no clip documentary. Um, and again, I, I really recommend you go take time to really understand some of the, you know, some of the psychology that went into A Realm Reborn and a lot of the factors that existed in 1.0's development that led to what a disaster that game was. I think it's important. I think it's important to both remember that as we move forward, especially into this new expansion. But there's something that Yoshi P says directly in there. And that was that the fans that were critical and honest, were helpful because it was that feedback that helped them move forward with what they thought the most people would end up wanting. And that ended up, you know, becoming a realm reborn. And so, you know, and, and, I'm, and again, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing his point, but it really it kind of struck a chord with me because, you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, and and in the run up to Stormblood, we've had a lot of um, criticism thrown our way about like, well, why do you still play this game if you don't like it? Like, why do you still why do you still do this show if you don't like it so much? Why don't you just shut the fuck up? And let me explain something to you, okay? Because in a environment and in a community where there is creativity involved. And you're talking to and about the work of creative people. Speaking as someone who is creative and who needs to work off of feedback, it does absolutely no good to continue to placate someone when you feel their product is starting to slip. Doesn't matter what the situation is. If you have the, have the consumer role in the relationship... You have to offer up honest feedback and criticism. If we came out and placated Square Enix and made excuses for them when we felt that they failed or they could have done better by FF14, then I think we do a real disservice to the entire game and its community. Because when something goes right, when we praise something... When we like something, I think you can tell that that's genuine. Our opinions aren't bought and sold. 
We've never been because a lot of times it's a reflexive defensive move on the part of a content creator not to want to really criticize what they're making content about because the creator of that content may not like it. And then they're less willing to work with you. They're less willing to give you things. They're less willing to, I don't know, potentially sponsor your stream. Okay, so when you have that, it, 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 it and that hurts your bottom line if you're a media organization. If you're a show like ours, that will end up hurting your bottom line. It ends up hurting your appeal. So why wouldn't people hear the show? They really don't react very well to it. But it's a necessary thing to be able to to look at something and go, honestly, like this struck a chord with me or it fell completely flat. I don't think that we've been that critical of anything that six, seven months down the line after the, you know, the the sheen has worn off after its old hat that people don't eventually end up getting exasperated with or tired of. And that's just our opinion. And if you don't like it, I understand why people maybe who catch the show for the first time may not like it off the rip. Because they're like, well, they're just sitting around bagging the shit out of the game that they ostensibly are supposed to love. But it comes from a place of wanting to provide honest feedback and productive feedback and not hide it behind flowery, emotionally receptive language. Strip that out because that's bullshit. No one needs that. I don't care if you're I don't care if you're a creative person and you have a delicate ego. No one needs that shit. The feedback is the thing that's important. How we deliver it, you may not agree with, but the feedback is important. Uh, anyway, uh, Kay, and thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, before we let you go, um, you got any uh, final final words? Um, yeah, I, I do want to say I have been listening. I've been listening for since 2014 fan fest i think when i met you guys there that's what's up and uh um you know there's definitely a clear difference between what you guys do and what a lot of other people do with their podcasts and in terms of uh providing for the actual podcast listener because i'm usually not here i mean i usually listen to you guys during the week at at work or whatever i've Checked out Checkpoint um, on the Houston station, I think. Yeah. A week ago or something like that. And when I I heard that, I just thought to myself, me, if I actually listened to the actual radio and I didn't listen to it on my phone, and I was there and I heard that tagline that esports and gaming news, I'd stop and be like, wait a minute. Yeah. What what the fuck is this doing on the radio? Exactly. I think that's a a really exciting thing that you guys are doing. Oh, thanks, um, man. I really appreciate the work you guys do. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate even, that. Even though you guys killed my parents. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel kind of bad that his parents got driven off of a cliff now. I know, right? Are, are, are you guys going to go through the Stormblood uh, CE stuff? or Because or, I I think some of it's shitty. Um, oh, it's all shitty. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I've already expressed my disinterest pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, if you want... I, the statue I, is cool and the artbook is cool. Yeah, I, I think if you want, if you want like a uh, general overview of how we feel about collectors editions, you can listen to this week's uh, final encounter cast. Yeah, it'll let you know how we feel about it. But I mean, like, yeah, it's. I mean, the I think the chicken knife is really awesome. 
it's a little light. The, digi- the digital stuff is cute. The digital stuff is negligible. But, I mean, if you're paying for that physical stuff, I, I don't know. I think that you should expect more. I was not that impressed. It was really, the you're Zeno just paying the figurine, cool, really. The Zeno statue was cool. I mean, it, yeah, but it was cooler in the display case that they had it in in E3. See, that was the problem. Is like when I went out to E3 and I saw it in this awesome display case with Where like, it's got a, like a graphical effects. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, so I want that with my statue. Exactly. No. My thing is that I really like the clock map but because we still have that like foggy part in the middle it's kind of weird and i really hope they give us an updated one at 5.0 with the garlean empire uncovered you're right yeah that would be really awkward to hang that map with this big clouded out section in the middle the left side has land the right side has land and middle is just clouded out i'm not usually one for like the cloth empire the only (laughs) exception that i where i've ever like lost my shit over a cloth map was with the morrowind when they had like the vardenfell cloth i i I knew i knew i knew you were gonna say that i couldn't resist Uh, so cool k and valen of behemoth thanks so much for the call appreciate it if you want to call limit break radio limit break radio on skype 810-515 Eight seven one five. We invite your calls uh, and uh, uh, limitbreakradio.com slash discord if you want to call in on discord. Yeah, yeah we, invite, we invite your calls and we want to hear from you. Uh, how are you enjoying Stormblood? Is Stormblood. Wow. Yes. More. All yeah, right. That mug. Um, so uh, we also uh, we also want to hear uh, whether or not uh, you think Stormblood lived up to the hype. Of uh, the 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 hype that uh, Square Enix was trying to drum up for it, so uh, we'll eventually get to that here on uh, Limit Break Radio today. Wow! Refill the mug. <laughs> Yay! Refill it. I dude, this this tip oh, jar is great. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be. I I feel like this is gonna be like the first couple of weeks of when we had the on screen donations, <laughs> yeah. where it's just like we're getting derailed every thirty minutes. Yeah, but I love it. Okay, just be glad that I set the little bit things to a minimum of five. Because if there was a minimum of one bit, there'd be five times as many as these. That's things. true. That'd be crazy. So you're welcome. I'm smart. <laughs> well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Now, bitch. Fair I mean, enough. still you. Uh, Nero, do you ever wonder for people who listen to Checkpoint if there's like this level of culture shock when they hear it and they're like, wait, how come they're not cursing like sailors and just yeah. being blatantly oh. rude and offensive for no reason? Yeah. And that's the thing is that like people have got to remember that, you know, we've got 10 years worth of comfort and, um, you know, finding a lane in the FF14 community. We we really just brought that same attitude over to Final Encountercast. But this is like with with Checkpoint, it's a totally different approach because we're not just talking to uh, the people inside of the gaming community right. that, that that we think are are cool or have the opinions that we have, which is sort of like the the approach that we take with LBR and FEC, where it's like fuck you if you can't take a joke, right? Right. The, you can't really take you can't fully take that approach when you're on the radio, at least not yet like we're only 21 episodes deep and, right. and you have to earn that like we we didn't hit the reset button with final encountercast right like final encountercast was a grown extension of limit break radio right checkpoint radio we've had to hit the reset button on because we're reaching out to a whole new set of people mm-hmm. um and so i think you've got to be conscious of the way that you're presenting yourself your product and, uh, you know, once we get to the point where, you know, we have leverage, I think that that is when you'll probably start seeing a little bit more of our humor uh, yeah. uh, injected fair. in. That's We're not going to be dropping the F-bomb. No, you just no, can't no. do that. Yeah, you, that's the th- yeah, you, you got to you got to play by the FCC's rules. But I mean, in terms of I mean, because the thing is, is I'm 
I'm just as cynical and sarcastic. Yeah. On uh, you know on that show as I am here, I, my my opinion, my attitude doesn't really change that much. No, not at all. Um, I just don't say fuck or taint as much. <laughs> Where are you, bitch? Yeah, right. Yeah, you're exactly. right. You can't tell people to get A's in the air. Yeah. They'll probably get mad about that. Yeah, they generally well, don't. They get that. mad about it anyway. But I mean, yeah, know. but but then they can do stuff Whoa, about it. yeah, the doy. See, like, most people, you know, the most people who got mad about that comment didn't even hear it. Like, they didn't even bother to, like, look it up for <laughs> the context. And that's... He just said AIDS, and that's a bad thing. I, it really is. Like, they just heard the description of the thing that I said, watched the person that I said it about, like, paint themselves as a victim, mm-hmm. and, and then sat around and and judged me for something is, that they never even bothered to look up. not... All of our jokes, when they get taken in the wrong light, row lives matter is another uh, one. Sloppy. I mean, yeah, we did. We we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of people like blocking us on Twitter from that one. And <laughs> Good and, times. And, and and there are still like like that whole like group of of FF fourteen folks just they, they have nothing to do with us. So. You're not wrong. I'm not, I'm not, that's not. I mean, I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. Stop complaining. They're. I mean, they're fucking dead weight. Like any of those people that got pissed over that row lives matter. Like it's not like they actually contribute anything yeah, meaningful. They weren't watching to begin with. Yeah. So fuck them. And and that's again. That's the attitude. Fuck you if you can't take a joke. Like if you if you don't understand where the humor or the sensibility comes from for the show. Like that's okay. You don't have to. We're not we we don't make the show for you. We don't make the show for the people who don't get it. like like that's the, like we make the show for us. And we've always said, like, if you like our humor and sensibility, like, that's great. Uh, you can support us and make sure that the show continues. But like, we've never said, like, you like have to listen. Like, we're not trying to be community leaders or community figures or anything but like that. Are. Like, that's that's a projection that's put on us. One of my favorite uh, uh, perspectives of a Nero's that I have is when when he butts heads with someone who's like really helped contribute to the show, and they're like, "But I give you money." He's like, "Thank you," and also, <laughs> "Fuck you," I don't care. <laughs> yeah, then that's really the thing is like, you can support the show, and you, but you can't use that as a threat because we don't care. And we're glad that you do and we hope you'll continue to but if you choose not to you know what i like i have shows that i loved for a long time that i eventually stopped watching because and I it's okay like anymore. that's okay though like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that like if you decide tomorrow that y- you disagreed with something that we said or you just want to stop listening that's fine we're not we're not gonna hold you up for you know support hey, or money or anything like that like that's why that's why we do the show the way that we do uh, chat's wondering if Juxta doesn't want to be the community troll. I think he already is. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking yeah, about, bro? Uh, he doesn't want to be a computer. Oh, because that, well, that would technically be a community figure. Oh. Even if that figure oh, I- is the troll, that's a community figure. Well, well I, I, again, like, I'm perfectly comfortable with people thinking the worst of me. Yeah, wait, you know, can, like, let's be community figures, but we get to pick what the title is. Y- you know, like, you're the asshole. Uh, yeah. You're the community asshole. I'm, I'm fine with you're that. You're the community drunk uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Aww, you're an so uncomfortable perfect. drunk uncle. The one that touches us? 
No. no. Oh. Touches you. No, the one that That's spouts you. like shit you don't okay. want to talk about at the, at the family reunion. The one where he's like, hey, let me tell you what I think about the Trump administration. You're like, oh, God. He's, he's oh, the, God, Uncle Jim, why? He's the uncle I gotta that, stop using real relatives' names. He, he's the <laughs> uncle that, that walks into your house and turns on the news, but immediately starts yelling at the news. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, no hey, one had the news on, Uncle Kenny. Stop. Like, Grab him by the pussy. Well, you know? What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we actually had that drop. Why just, played, do we have that? I played drop. like three times now. Yeah, that's that's really? that's been a thing. Okay, um, but but yeah, why like, would we not have that drop? It's true. I, yeah, I should probably stop using actual uncles' names in there too. Yeah, well, as in, we got to <laughs> stop using family members' names. Like you could say any name; it doesn't matter. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Uncle Jim. I'm gonna oh, get. Damn it! I'm gonna get home. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna get home. And my family's like, heard what you said. Like, you don't listen to my show. Knock it off. <laughs> That's the problem. And that, dude, you know what? That actually exemplifies the problem because that is selective listening. <laughs> that's so, that you're listening only to the to, to the parts that you want to hear. So it only paints a very selective picture. If, if your family actually ever only heard that part, they might actually get legitimately hurt. Upset. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. If that's yeah. like the first thing, like my aunt, Lynn, I got to stop using feeling the names. Uh, my aunt Genevieve, if it was the first time she'd ever heard the show, she might be mad about it. Yeah. Is that a real name? No. Oh, no. good job, idiot. But yeah, the first time, by the way, I was trying to say not a family member's name, and I just blatantly said a family member's name. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Even trying not to. That was was it the family member that you were referencing in the in the moment? Sure was. Wow, nailed that, it. That that's some interesting. Anyway, um, yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, if you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We'd like to hear from you and uh, hear all about your Stormblood experiences. So um, let's talk about whether or not Stormblood is living up to the hype. Of course, we all went out to uh, FanFest this year. We got, yep. to, uh, we got to see the announcement of Stormblood firsthand. Uh, we've been following the development at all of the other subsequent Final Fantasy FanFests. Uh, we got to uh, cover it at, I think there was a pack somewhere in between there that they were probably yep. at. And we also got to see its enormous lines out at E3 2017. Boy, did we get to see those lines. <laughs> that is all we got to experience with FF14 out at uh, E3. Let's, let's be honest. E3 was just like hanging out with Shannon and Aya. It like, pretty that's much pretty was. much all it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, kind of. No, we saw Fusion. Yeah, Fusion was in there too. Dude and Happy was there. I mean, yeah. we saw pretty much everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, good. I missed Happy. Whew, that was a close one. Um, and and you know, I I do want to. It's not. I don't mean to 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 keep going back to this, but I do want to actually um uh, praise Fusion. Uh, Come on, I know. I know. It's something that we do not do very often here. Um, uh, on uh, on Limit Break Radio, but um, I, I really do want to, uh, to 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 say that he he really does do a very good job with everything over at Gamer Escape, uh, and and very dedicated to uh, to to what he does. And you know, a lot of a lot of these other FF14 shows that exist out there, um, they really do have this big problem with placating Square Enix. Like yeah. it's it's like they want something out of Square Enix. F- Fusion was the only like community person that i felt like we met who was like working easily as hard as we were yes like we were we were crazy busy at e3 and and, and I fusion think, looked just as slammed i think i think a lot of that comes from 
you know, time and experience, too. Yeah. Where, you know, if after you've been doing this for so long, you just, you know that Square Enix is going to do what they're going to do regardless of what you do. And you can placate them. You can, you can do all the things that you think that they're going to want to do uh, or want you to do, rather. Um, and, and still never really see any kind of no benefit back-end benefit. Yeah. Um, Are you and, saying that you think Fusion might have turned the corner finally? No, I, I I think Fusion's actually known that score for a very long time. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, again, you can go back as far as uh, him calling out the, uh, what is it, the the 20-some-odd hour AV fight oh, to just, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for what Fusion does and what he brings to this community. And uh, I agree, uh, uh, Ascalia. I just wanted to, you know, just point out that he, he was working just as hard as uh, as any of us were. So um, shout out to, to Fusion and Gamer Escape for uh, for doing really good work and for, you know, for for being honest. Like, that's yeah. really the thing that I want to praise him for is that Gamer Escape has always been, if nothing else, very honest. Um, and even when I was working there, uh, you know, I they I, I, I got to use the platform to voice my opinions. And, yeah. and I never, uh, you know, that was never curbed or uh, dis- discouraged. We, so. we, we saw Fusion there. We were kind of all like just like introducing we were talking with a fan who was there and he looks at me and he's like weren't you on pet food alpha for a little while I'm like yeah yeah i was he's like huh wait you were i was yeah i was a host on pet food alpha for a little bit yeah why wait really <laughs> yeah i was for a little while <laughs> why did we let him on here i don't know i was it was like three episodes because he lived in town it was like three episodes and i got a okay. free copy of seekers of a duel and out of it so Oh, not what? It's not bad. <laughs> I oh, did. so it was after after us then, basically. Okay. Well, oh, it, this was in the uh, the waning days of Pet Food Alpha. Oh, look at Ga- hey, look, Gani Man's in the chat. Look at that, Gani Man. Yeah. All of that praise. And, oh, hi. Uh, hey, and then they get summoned. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the goblins are listening. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah, let's talk about Stormblood and whether or not it lived up to the hype because because we've been I think we've been thoroughly exposed to the hype. And oh, now, have we? And now that we've yeah. been, now yeah, that we've been, to th- be fair though, we don't have Omega yet. We don't have the twenty. We don't have um, uh, Evilies. Though that's where a lot of the hype is coming from. Uh, no, I actually <laughs> don't. Th- in the run up to the release, Nika, I don't think that that was many of the selling points. I think it's been the MSQ that people yeah. are most hyped. Yeah. For. yeah. See, I, I actually have a really weird perspective on this because, like, everywhere I look, I feel like people are saying positive things about Stormblood and about the MSQ, but regardless of all that it's like there's still this uh it's i don't a know the, the, the 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 right word for it but there's just Malaise. this weird sort of um, yeah kind of yeah so, so it's, it's, it's like what people are saying doesn't jive with what i'm seeing there's a slight melancholy in yeah. the community no I, I i understand like it seemed like in heaven's word Right. Like everyone was really motivated to get to 60 very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like per, on a personal level, I don't feel that same level of motivation. I'm still yeah, hanging. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out why. at 62. It's right because now. we're all really hesitant about what content is going to come out next. And also, there's not a lot of content right now. You think? Or reason to be 60. Like 70. He, he, like. I mean, maybe, but I, I, I like because because the normal raids, the normal mode Omega comes out on Tuesday, and I think all of us, all of us, think it's going to be exactly like normal mode Alexander when it first came out, and I feel like it's probably true. And since we're all so hesitant about that, 
that right. we're just not as no. I, well, I think she's I think she's completely correct. When Heaven's War came out, I thought there was this. I felt this humongous race in the community to get there really fast mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to do Alexander as soon as it dropped. And I'm sitting there thinking yeah. now, like I hated Alexander. Yeah, and if that's you what know, I have to look forward to when I nice get there. You have a nice raid group now, Escalia. Well, but but hold on, Nika. Actually, I think I think that's I think Escalia narrowed in on something really really good there because prior to final fantasy 14 like alexander has a lot of like legacy to it like alexander and bahamut in like the ff universe are kind of both really really big deals and bahamut was obviously treated very very well in a realm reborn but alexander fell flat in like almost every aspect i i think that sentiment coming out of Heaven's Word and Alexander for rating has a lot to do with it. I think you're right because, I mean, you know, Juxta, you were saying that uh, before this show, you were listening to our Heaven's Word right, show, yeah. and you were saying on that episode that you had gone from 50 to 57. Yeah, in like 21 hours. That's in the first, like, uh, first day, like, I did a like 21 hour stream or continuous playthrough or whatever, and I was like at like 57 or something ridiculous. Now, the thing is, is that, like, I sort of feel like. Like some of it has to do with like the narrative feels a little bit longer. It feels a little bit more well paced mm-hmm. in Stormblood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The narrative is well, much better and, and paced. See, that's one of the things that I Most find of it. There's a few weird is because uh, right. I'm 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 with a Nero here that I don't feel any need or urge to get through the MSQ. Yeah, but everything that I've been seeing about it or hearing about it, I like. So why aren't I? Well, I it's just. Like what Nika was saying earlier, what is there to do when you get there? And when uh, you Kyle there, pointed out in the you're chat, you're just leveling another job. It's right. Like Kyle pointed out in the chat. Take your time because when you get there, here's what you got. And oh, by the way, especially if you're a DPS, grinding your tomes is going to suck because your queue times are going to be atrocious. Uh, excuse whoa, me. Whoa, I am whoa, a host on Limit Rig Radio. I have minions. That is ridiculous. I've never heard of such a crazy queue time for PvP. <laughs> oh my God. That's what are, what are tomes in PvP there. like? Uh, not bad. You get like there's like a, f- a sub five minute queue time, and you get like thirty or forty. Oh, I'm just doing that. Yeah, well, and it's also in terms of XP. Once you get like, I wouldn't do it from fifty to sixty, but sixty plus, the amount of XP you get is insane. Oh yeah, I've been using uh, PVP almost exclusively for leveling to get between yeah. sixty and seventy. Like hell no, I'm not doing anything else. But I, when you get to seventy, yeah, you've got a couple dungeons you can do for tomes, and right now. It's kind of it. There's some super fates you can go around and do. You can get some maps. But, like, but the thing is, is you can't do. even do those fucking super fates because the instances get congested and it won't let you in. Mm-hmm. That too. That <laughs> I was is trying to problem, do Ixion yeah. yesterday and I kept trying to enter and it's like, this instance is congested. Please try again later. You know, the, the one thing that as I've been leveling that I was like, oh man, I wish that I was like 60 really quick so that I could start doing these uh, was actually hunts because that's how you get the tier six materia. But are people even doing hunts? Oh yeah, tons of people. Yeah. Okay, they are now because again, yeah, and in like the early days, no, like, and, and I realize people well, were probably still you leveling and doing. Yeah, MSP nobody could do really hunts until mm-hmm. you were at seventy. Like, I, I, every time I saw a hunt, I would shout it out for people and then go on my way because I wasn't high enough to get anything from it. Yeah, the um, the first couple days of hunts definitely wasn't getting like, done, but now I see are, groups doing hunts them. Hunts are big right now, but um. Oh, gosh, but again, really it, hunts are big right now because what are your what's your alternative sitting because in a queue that, time? I mean, yeah, that's what that's what you're getting. Otherwise, also you can get tier six material materia as random uh, enemy drops. I don't know if you guys wait what? what? Oh yeah, I've gotten okay. I have um, four tier or three tier six materials, and they're all just from from dungeon drops. Really? Uh, oh, okay. In dungeons. I thought in, you meant just out killing stuff. No, no, no. In dungeons, like random enemies will drop tier five and tier six material just to your inventory. 
Interesting. Kind of like how they hmm. how you'd randomly get it in like Aquapolis, but now you just get Aquapolis. Aquapolis. Like seriously, like it's weird. All of a sudden, it's like so and so obtains a quick arms. Yeah. All right. I have a, I have a question for the chat really quick now, and, and I hope whoever decides to answer it will will call in to do so because a lot of people that have just like sitting here rattling off all this stuff that you can do, right? And here's the problem I have: all this stuff that you're rattling off for us to do two weeks into a new expansion is the same stuff you've been telling us to do since a realm reborn. Does yeah. that seem right to you? Yeah. I've, I've, I've been watching the chat. I don't feel like tons of people have been, I feel yeah. like a lot of people are agreeing with us yeah. right now. Level PVP dungeons grind. Yeah, for all, It is all the same. That's why I think that the grind for 70 is just not as much of a rush because we're just not sure. We know what's at the end of the race. We know exactly yeah. what we're going to get. So here's my question then, because prior to Stormblood launching, a lot of the things that we were saying was this is their last chance, right? There, there's no way that people are going to be able to sit through, uh, you know, uh, a 5.0 if this is a lot of the same stuff right which it looks like it is and it looks like some people are having trouble even getting into Stormblood, and they like the story like does does that not the story is more is i would say 80 85 of the story is fantastic and, and here's the thing like Stormblood, when i look at it like objectively i think they've done so many good things with it i think the zone design the in zone Stormblood so much better is the mm-hmm. best zone design i've seen since 11 i era. agree like, and i mean like no, like think about like kugane right super i know obviously Ugh. super weeb, but you could strip what? the japanese skin off of it just and put something else the there i just the feel actual like it's a giant labyrinth it's I so love hard. that though. It's, it's so, so hard to navigate. I hate. It. It, oh it my feels, god! I but love it. But it feels like a real town. Yeah. It, like, yes. Like you walk That's, down the streets, like like Fusion was saying about when he got to experience it at the media tour. Like it feels like a town where people live and businesses are operating. Like it, more, more than that, like, Nika, uh, because I agree with that too. And gosh, you're right. Fusion was actually spot on with this. Is that's one of the things that I praised on stream over and over and over again was that Kugani didn't feel like a city. Kugani felt like a zone. Yeah. Like it was just as alive and complex as any zone that have been added to the game in any of the expansions. And for as far as it being a city, it doesn't feel to me like it was plopped down all at once in Sim City. Like they had it on pause mode. They plopped down the entire city, then hit the play <laughs> button to go. It felt mm-hmm. like a, it might have started as something smaller and was built over yeah. time. Hmm. It feels real. Yeah. And that's nice. Like, you're right. Like, if you start with the Aetherite Plaza as, mm-hmm. like, the first sort of, like, hub, hub where of began. where, yeah, it's sort of, it, you're right. It has this sort of sprawling feel to where it. You can see, like, at some point, they're like, hey, we need a Whereas, barracks. Like, Let's throw it down over here. Everything's just like a big circle. It does feel like you just kind of plopped it down. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it, found, it seems like Ulda was built before anyone lived there. And then one day they said, and you can move in today. Yeah. Like, like, uh, it feels like the people built it up. Although, exactly. Although, Although that actually lends itself well to the theme of of uh, calamity and rebuild uh, rebuilding. Yes, you know, like when when your civilization has has had to through circumstance rebuild itself upwards of seven times. Yeah, then you get pretty good at designing living spaces. But like the city that emphasizes that for me is Limsa Laminsa where half of it feels like it's just like built into whatever happened to be there at the yes. time. Limsa Laminsa emphasizes that idea. Yeah, I think that you're right. And and the fact that they use, you know, decks and stuff like that to kind of, you, you know, use as the main moving space between mm-hmm. these kind of natural, I, I think they're salt pillars or yeah. some, something, whatever those rocks are that the, that the um, uh, city's built into. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that I, I think that that's a very good point. Um, but Kugane does seem a little bit more organic in the way that it has sprawled out and and to me it seems to be 
implying that it has that that area of the world has not experienced the same cycles of destruction. Yeah. Kugane definitely feels like it may have been untouched now for some centuries, like for a long time. Untouched in in. In terms of the calamity, calamity yeah. right? Yeah, where you've had kind of unfettered growth of humans or humanoids or whatever the race is, right? Everything of Eorzea, yeah. everything in the other cities tends to look very new, like it was built in the last fifty years because it probably was. Kugane looks like it has things that were probably there for a long, long time, right? And it's not just Kugane; like the Azim Steps is maybe my favorite zone since the Sanctuary of Zita. I think the Azim no, Steps are gorgeous, cool and it, yeah, I, even yeah. though it's like really. F- mostly flat there's yeah. some some mountains on the outskirts but like it's just it's beautiful they managed to make a flat area interesting which is yes, beyond impressive to me you know i think i i think one of the things i and and i don't know why i'm just thinking about this now but i like sh- from all of the cutscenes with bahamut in it destroying uh all of the different mm-hmm. cities that you know we've come from don't you think that like with all with all of the destruction and the ethereal disturbances that we saw throughout the world like how is it that the cities remain largely untouched from all of that yeah like yeah. What, what was actually destroyed in gridania i mean you have old gridania but like nothing was really destroyed Limps, and, but and but even in those cutscenes, it looked like something was destroyed and i guess the the implication or, or what they're trying to imply is that it was either rebuilt exactly As the same or that that damage didn't happen i i don't know really that's something but. we talked I about mean, i think that's just something that they overlook for purposes of play easy like the ease of play maybe i don't know maybe i i but i agree with your point though like a lot of the cities they definitely you can't if you if it wasn't part of the lore you'd have no idea that something ever happened right yeah like i i feel like um, in the towns itself but there are some areas in like mordona and other right, right. land where you could see things that have been like the is it the western or eastern shroud eastern shroud right is gone yeah, yeah, East. it's just gone. But no, how gone. would how would you know that yeah, if it's West, West Shroud? Oh, yeah, 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 West, yeah, West Shroud. Yeah. So it's just gone. But how would you really know that if they didn't tell you? Right. You know what I mean? Well, That's you can true. see it. You can. There's a couple of places that you can see it from. Okay. Is there? Yeah. yeah. You see this big kind of like weird ethereal disturbance. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, you know, like where the big hole is that you go, you can, you go down and it's yeah. got golems in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the top of that, you like, can see over. Yeah, to yeah. West. You can see into what would have been West Shroud, and it's just this like big, huge ethereal disturbance from. I would assume uh, uh, a big yeah. chunk of Dalamud. Falling oh, that's out. super cool. See, like stuff like that. But is like, I always wanted that to be a dungeon, right? Like, I always wanted to. Oh, that would have been the remains right? of the West Shroud. Yeah. yeah. See, now that's. An, and that's actually a good way, too, because I, I agree with Ascalia's point, too, because even if I were to go there now, let's say as a new player and see that you don't necessarily know, oh, that's the shroud that was destroyed. You would still need someone to tell you that. But Aniro, you're right. If they turn that into a dungeon. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that would be such a great way to explore areas like that. Yeah, Holy there's crap. there's there's definitely a couple of sections of the map that when they were removed to be able to truncate the map for a realm reborn that, um, you know, what they ended up doing with them uh, was interesting and and could have been revisited. I, I've always thought that West Shroud would be an amazing dungeon or instance or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I can't really speak to all of the zone designs because obviously you I'm just getting yet, yeah. just getting into Kugane. Um, but I do think that, yeah, you're right. The way that these desi- that these zones have been designed uh, you know, at least the ones that I've experienced have had a huge attention to detail. Well, especially in Kugane, and you're going to see it again when you get to Yangsha. 
the use of the vertical of the Z axis yeah. is it's so good. Especially, and especially like Yangsha is another one of these zones that I just thought was outstanding because you can make your zone feel so much more like real when you have these different vertical heights that you go up down, you know, yeah, I, oh, I just okay, have to go over there, it. but I it's way a, up. I want to, because obviously we haven't gotten there yet. Now, now first of all, Yangsha is the, the final zone, right? That's the Aza zone. No, no, that is, no, well, no Yangsha is right after the Ruby Sea. Nothing feels like Aza oh. slot to me. The final zone is the locks, but. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, well, that was, that was actually one of the things that I was going to ask, because I feel like all the final zones in each expansion, I've never been a really big fan of, but okay, so Yangsha compared to, uh, sea of Clouds, because I'd say that Sea of Clouds makes you use, you know, your 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 X access quite a bit. Sea of Clouds. I didn't like the Sea of Clouds. If there's so many all. levels in Sea of Clouds, like I think that was where they really wanted to show off. Like, look, we can fly and make five different levels of the same exact spot on the map. That like, that's uh, exactly what it is. Because in uh, Sea of Clouds, while you there were different levels. So much of it was built around the flying mechanic, and once you have the flying mechanic, there really isn't different levels anymore. It's all just one plane again. Yeah. Whereas in Yangsha, much of the uh, different levels are built in. You can still walk to pretty much anywhere. You can still walk up the hill. If we want to talk about diving in that aspect, however, diving oh. is, is very cool. The first time you're exploring a certain area, you have to do whatever quest requires you to dive, but then it's boring fast th- it's not yeah. even that it gets boring to do it i like swimming it's just that there's a lot of nothing there's no point like, to they diving. don't utilize it yeah as well, as they utilize well when the they uh, immediately when they said that there's not going to be any combat mm-hmm. during swimming i went well it's wh- flying underwater that, yeah then flying there's no purpose except, yep. except you can fly to places to see cool historical parts of author swimming like okay i found a few head, like headless statues that have oh, okay i see what you like even there's, when you're there, flying around even when you're flying around you can see cool stuff underwater like it's a, i feel like it's a lot of repeated like i've seen multiples of like the same headless statue the first time that i got to fly in the dravanian forelands it felt like a different zone to me because first of all there was a few other areas that you could access but just being able to see everything from up in in in, in that perspective i don't know it was just like it was altering for me right there are and, and a lot even of though there. swimming is just flying underwater you're not really seeing anything like she's right they could have put so right. much like history down there there's a few there's a, i mean there are a few areas that look really cool i do think some of the textures are kind of repeated but in general like f- there are some areas where you can fly that you can't like you unlock flying before you get to every area in in most of them well, yes i understand that there's like sunken things but the thing is is like they don't they don't utilize it like the, the swimming makes the zone feel double as large, but there's no real Purpose. reason to just want to yeah. go around. Like, like I like to just fly around and just see the stuff I haven't been to. Like, Oh, Hey, there's like a statue on top of a cliff up here. How cool is that? Like I have no motivation to just dive and explore. What's right. Down there. Well, and my big, no, no drive for me to want to do that. My big issue with diving is the color palette, because when you use an underwater scene, there's really, you're limited to, you know, dark blues and dark greens, right. which are not particularly interesting to look at. Uh, unlike flying where it doesn't like you can use the whole color palette, whatever you want. So whatever zone you happen to be into, but when you're diving because you're in that dimly lit dark underwater world it's like it, there's only so much you can do to make it interesting it feels tedious like it really does yeah. like it feels tedious there's really no point you're just you're you're covering empty space between where you are and where you need to be and yeah. and, and, and and again i think 
you know, like as I'm uh, traversing these maps on foot or on Chocobo back, you know what I mean? Like that is really interesting to me because you're also having to problem solve, right? Like you're having to avoid aggro. You're having to figure out, oh, well, what's this pathing on this map? Like there's almost none of that when you dive. Like it's just yeah. like. Yeah, they just. Yeah. I mean, yet, a lot of people were just using it as flying before you got flying. Exactly. Like, you go from here to there. I'm going to go underwater because you can get on your mountain underwater. <laughs> yep. So you, you just go faster and then get up wherever you need that's to go. exactly it before you have flying in the zone it's way better to dive because you can move so I'm fast i'm not even saying that diving isn't cool i think it's cool and they just underutilized yeah they, and there needs to be more to it like the uh, the one thing i can remember is going to the, the the hidden dungeon under under the water and you're like all right this is neat that i can go find this and do this but and like there's a couple like you could have done it like, without okay, diving. dive down there and get this like sea grass and come back but like it's not it's not what I like the zone design itself is fantastic, but they didn't utilize any of the space underwater as well as they hyped it. to. Yeah. Yeah. I did a quest where you basically took this guy's Manta for a swim and they had you like swim around the zone and I was bored the entire time. Oh my God. I'm so mad about that because I thought that question was going to give us the Manta as a mount. So I did all five <laughs> quests. I'm like at the end of this question, it's going to give us the mount. And I got all, through like all five quests and you don't even get it. Like, nah. Why would you ever think that's not a Beastman tribe reward? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I was like, "Oh gosh, I'm so excited to get this mantic with him out." But yeah, okay. like like people kept comparing the Ruby Sea to like their their Mog Home experience. You know, their Sea of Clouds uh, or not Sea of Clouds. There uh, is a lot of quests that pop up. Yeah, oh my God. I guess, but I never got the same feeling that I got from like the Moogle quests when I was in Sea of Clouds. It's and then tell me, and I'll tell you why. Because these side quests, I will say, I've said this a couple of times on the streams I've done that the, the side quests do a pretty good job of giving you world building story. The side quests are not okay. Do they they do. That. They really do. Um, because like, I mean, the Moogle quests were so tedious. They're literally like, a baby Moogle's been lost. Go find him. Yeah. But like almost, I want to say 90% of side quests have stories. Like the characters are like, oh, so-and-so, my son was in the war and he have never found him. And then ends up being like a five quest chain about his whole life story. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, or... But like almost every quest is like that or like this is gang of pirates and someone betrays someone and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, seriously, every single side quest has like a real world building story. And I think in that kudos, you know, here's here's your other option. Do 10 front lines and then you can just skip all the side quests yeah. and only do the MSQ. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, do that no, that, I mean, that's what I did. I'm doing. I'm saving a lot of side quests for Samurai because DPS queues are way worse and tank queues were not. So but I did not do, in BVP. I did manage to do a lot of like a few random side quests around and and just in general I thought it was there there see maybe I've just been getting unlucky because I've read a few quests like here and there some of the side quests but I feel like whenever I decide all right let me actually read this one it's always just like hey did that girl get attacked by jellyfish go see if she's okay yeah she's fine yeah. The end. quick look. but then, but then they continue that story a lot of times then there'll be another quest with that person afterwards and you find out oh the reason i was checking up on that person is because her mother died and i was tasked to watch over her like shit like that like there's more to every single one of these stories quick shoot this sheep with a blow dart what why <laughs> that's msq that quest oh, is, is awesome it's like did you say blow the sheep because i can do that yeah, I'm, I'm i'm ready <laughs> I mean, this is fun though yeah uh yeah Don't that touch deck. seems like you're on your way to animal fondling. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I know that I know that Juxta was really excited to be picking up animal shit in one quest. You get to hit yep. Imperials with blow darts too. That's true. You do get to shoot Imperials, <laughs> which I still feel bad about. 
I don't. I don't. I don't think they all. deserve that. All right, let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Piggy McSquee of Sergeant yeah, Janice yeah. hanging on the Speaking line. Speaking of animal calling, calling, yeah, calling in on <laughs> Discord. What's up, Piggy? Nothing much, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I wanted to backcheck to the hunt. Okay. And uh, l- let me tell you, instead of doing the level 70 dungeon slash trials, I've been just doing the hunt. I feel like I can get more verity out of the hunts faster than one dungeon. <laughs> I think that's especially because there are three instances in every zone, so the hunts are popping double time or triple time. Yeah. Is it? Uh, and the just the fact of getting grade six materia just outclasses the fact I can just get the 310 armor through the verity I'm getting. Is it just me or does Piggy have a way more normal voice than you were anticipating? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, 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 yeah, we took we took a call from him last week. Oh, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Good job. Showing if you're up. paying attention. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I mean. Are you excited to be doing hunts again, though? No. That's the thing. Is that I, like this is I, the I, same. Well, you are. Why? I just like I just like hunting. Like it lets me see more. Of, like I mean, even knowing like they all have set spawns, I get to Wait. enjoy the zones a little bit more. It I, me I mean, I like seeing the new hunts the first time I see one. Like, oh wow, this hunt's so cool and big. And then the next time I see him, I'm totally. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit with Piggy here because there is a certain sense to hunts that you know you do have to come together with a group of people. And at least when you're finding hunts until you know guild work is up and running, you know there there there's a sense of like working together. You know, I once said that the reason that I don't like dungeons is because every time you go into a dungeon it's the same run every single time right you don't have to communicate with anybody on any level but at least when you're doing hunts you know they pop in different places you're trying to track them down and obviously earlier in the expansion when everyone's doing them they just die super quick but as that starts to die down you sometimes even have to start utilizing actual tactics in order to take down certain hunts so i mean i i get it but it is still something we've done before i mean like there's a new mount well, I mean, Wait, what? yeah, there's new mount, but like, yeah, it's, is it it's good. Pay, has to get Piggy, because I don't, I didn't recognize your name, and maybe you changed from an old name. But like, how long have you been playing? Out of curiosity, uh, I've been playing over a little bit over a year, but I've I've server hopped a few times. I think this is my fourth server. I've okay, so you haven't been doing like you you haven't been doing you weren't doing hunts at the beginning of Heaven's Word either. No. Okay, so you came in with see that then maybe you like then I can understand why you might be excited to do hunts, but like I've been doing hunts now since two point and I'm tired of hunts. Yeah. Well two point one whenever they came out. Yeah, yeah, like that's the thing. For the people who've been doing them concurrently, you know, as as they kind of get expanded over time, this shit is like yeah, th- we're on the third iteration of this. Yeah, who I was fucking over, who? I was yeah, like, over I'd like to see what the 2. hunt 0. looks like the first time. Like whenever I hear a new hunt name called, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to go see what he looks like. And then after that, I give no shit. And then yeah, you're done. Like as long once I know what they all are, yeah. But it's like, like, although, it's like if someone tells me give it to Square Enix for finally putting something in the hunts that will hopefully keep them relevant a little bit longer, which is material. tier six material. Yeah. yeah. How much are those going through for on servers? Tier six? Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't How even do you dared, not know? I've not dared like to four. check. Have you I, not sold I'm keeping them because I'm going to use them. Oh, oh my God. God. That's so dumb economically. Right, chat. No. Rattle off for us. What okay, are tier don't tell me it's so dumb. I need to be ready for raiding this day it comes out. I'm not going to sell my material right now. Sell it right now because it's worth the most literally right now. It's No, it's actually not because everybody's getting them. Like, 
especially the the tier fives, which are going to go back up because you can't overmeld tier sixes, I don't believe. So right now, tier fives are worth like 3K, but I guarantee you, give, right. it, give so, it a month or two, tier fives are going to be worth a lot more. Yeah, actually, it looks like on most people's servers, they're going for about what tier fives were going for as well. Okay. well it's, it's, then once then less people are, are like spamming dungeons and yeah. spamming hunts, and there's once there's less hunts to go around because the instances will go away, the, the price will go up because the demand will go up and there'll be less... Yeah, but as servers naturally as servers naturally empty out as the expansion goes on, you know that I I just feel like the bottom falls out of so many markets because you have you have regular and predictable outputs for all of these things that you're talking about. The more time that passes, the more supply that's going to be pumped into the system. Exactly. Yes, but 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 it's 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 not going going to be. There's going to be less people doing hunts. There's going to be less hunts in general. But they will probably end up putting in. They'll put in more ways to get the tier sixes. Like, for example, when uh, uh, Ivalis comes out, right? You'll probably get something at the end of an Ivalis raid you can go turn in for tier six no, material. I mean, maybe. I mean, definitely. But no, right at the start that, yeah, of a raid coming be. out, that is the most, the t- time that's going to be worth the most. Yeah. And then as soon as the raiders have all of their materia, there's gonna be the demand's going to bottom out and supplies just going to keep, keep pumping in. Keep well, pumping and in. it'll also depend too on how well the raids received. If you have a, like a really strong reception to your raid, you'll see that market stay strong for a while. But if it's people don't like it, if it's gorgeous, man, if it's gorgeous, yeah, it's going to bottom it. Yeah, you're going to hit the bottom real quick. Um, anyway, uh, Piggy, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, one other thing that I wanted to mention, it, it's weird because yeah, we have we're into the third iteration of things like hunts and yep. fates and dungeons. Ugh. And and it feels like that's really kind of like in terms of content injections that that's all really we've gotten kind of gotten we've gotten updates on things that we've had for a long time. Right. Now when you compare it against FF11 and again, you know, some of it is probably rose-colored glasses. I'm 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 totally willing to admit that, but it seems like, you know, if you transpose hunts for NMs, right, notorious monsters, sure. that in the same way, Final Fantasy XI kind of did that, where it's like you had a new, a, a new type of notorious monster yeah. that would be introduced, but the difference would be the way that you end up spawning it or the pop it, well, you know, you like meant, the spawn items or whatever you had or to how invest. Possible it was to kill, yeah. Well, BCNMs to KSNMs to ENMs, right? Uh, what but, else? So, NMs. but so my question is, and and you know, because anyone who who played that game knows that that's you know kind of intrinsically true. But my question is is why did that feel kind of fundamentally more satisfying where we just got different conditions under which mobs would pop in and then it would be kind of similar fights almost every single time. Like, yeah, there were some dynamics that you had to respond to. There was some different mechanics, you know, but that was like different mechanics would come out like once every five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a very responsive game. So why, why were those systems received so much more you know like positively than even even heaven's word like heaven's word we started to recognize like oh this is just the same shit mm-hmm. and then you know moving on to to storm blood you know we're kind of identifying that same pattern <laughs> and it's i'm just saying like yeah. it's not satisfying to me i think that's what i'm hearing from you guys yeah. as uh-huh. well why is that because, because difficulty final- that's what it comes down to. Difficulty. I don't know How about that. How many hunts do you kill in a single night, right? Like, rack them up. For some people, it's probably, 
close to a hundred. You could do a hundred hunts in a single night if you put the effort into it. How many NMs could you do in a single night in Final Fantasy XI? Nowhere near as many. Like three, maybe. Three, yes, depends. It's the difficulty of it. That's not. Hang on, that's not difficulty. No, Eleven was not difficulty though. Yeah, that was that it was, was and in in and uh, uh, in availability. Yeah, of like yeah. you just wanted to co- create competition between different link shells and just piss you off. The there was competition. No, you're right. I mean, the competition was part of it, I think, but it, it wasn't difficulty. However, well, here's the other thing too: is along with ENMs came Limbus and C. ENMs were your baseline, maybe to make some money or to get some of your some extra gear, but like it was all based around gearing up for Limbus and C. But if you remember in in FF11, before we had that, of course we had Sky, and then the end all be all was Ground Kings, right? Like mm-hmm. during Rise of Zillar, you had Sky that you know uh, uh, more of a higher percentage of your end game community was yeah. doing, and then you had the super tight focused Ground Kings and Dynamis and oh Don't well Dynamis. It's casual endgame. It's, uh, it was a different... No, 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 no. Like, Dynamis at that time definitely was endgame, but it was a different thing because you needed so many more resources to be able to participate in that. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, it, it, you know, it, it, you could have... And, and again, the requirements were different, but you could have, you know, like your middle tier players starting with Dynamis, then moving on to Sky, and yeah. then finally I mean, graduating. I, I mean, even that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. everyone hit level 65 and said, like, wait, I can do something that isn't partying? Get right. me in that Dynamis room. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, 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 that's so what, true. That's true. variety then? Yes, that's always yeah. what we've been saying. This yeah. game needs more variety. 11 didn't have the best content, but it had a variety of content. So you could have a Dynamis Link Shell, and on Harry, or a Link Shell, a Savage Link Shell, and just if those are the only three that you like, like and ignore everything else or you can have a ground king sky whatever and just do the content that you like and now at first we were giving 14 the benefit of the doubt like oh it's only its first expansion like 11 didn't get all this variety until so many expansions but now we're into it's like essentially 14's third expansion yeah I'm still having fun with the content that's in the game, but the thing is you get burnout and bored simply because there's not variety. Are you having fun with the content or are you having fun with your friends? Um, Okay, this is, I mean, it's both. Like, I actually, the content that's in the game, the end game rating that's in the game is not bad content. It's fun, like, especially creator people said was fun, but when it is the only content, when it is the only end game, you get burnout and bored really fast. Not that the content itself is bad or shouldn't exist. It just needs a variety. But I mean, like, I in if we had this current content plus something else we could do, plus, like two other types of endgame content, I think nobody would be bitching about it. But what is Diadem and uh, Palace of the Dead, if not an cool. attempt at that? Palace an of the attempt. Dead is not, I'm not end saying, game. I'm not saying, oh, okay, that's fair. Uh, not necessarily. Diadem was, Diadem was, I, I it was an attempt. Trying, it was an attempt. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it was an attempt. Swing and a miss. Yeah, and it didn't go well, and that's fine. And it's fine that it didn't. But the thing... They need to, like, not let that be like, oh, we tried, we failed, fuck it, we're just going to do more of the same. No, keep trying. No, keep but trying. My, my question is, and, and uh, Farian, I, I see your call here. We'll get to you in a minute. But, I, again, I want to I make sure that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm projecting this properly. Sure. Okay? Because the question that I'm asking is not... Like, like, I'm not suggesting in any way that 
NMs need to be brought into FF14. As I'm just a one-to-one ratio. I'm, exactly. I'm just drawing a, a comparison to, okay, well, we've gotten another tier of hunts. Is it because there's no new popping mechanics, that there's no new, like, there's nothing new that's coming along with hunts. It's literally just an identical copy and paste iteration of the A Realm Reborn hunts and the Heavensward hunts, just with a different character model associated here, with it. Here's my problem with uh, hunts as opposed to NMs. And I'm not going to say like for like there were, of course, you know, Rock and Simurg and things like that where you actually had to have some people who knew what they were doing. But uh, if you did like a BCNM, right, you had three people maybe who go in or six people go in. You had to look up a strategy. You had to learn how the fight worked and go in and do it. And of course, there were some broken strats that might be able to do it easier than others. But with this, every hunt, if I have a group of 18 or whatever, is go grab the hunt go to where the hunt is and watch the mob melt as I just mash my hand against the keyboard. Well, and that gets really repetitive. Yes. Okay. And I, and I understand that, but I'm saying that NMs in FF 11 could be as repetitive and as mechanical, sure. but there was something about the way that each of the, each of the different expansions, it presented the way <laughs> to do NMs, right? Like that. Yep. There was there was something unique about every time they 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 went back to this NM system, which I mean that NMs made up the core of Final Fantasy XI's endgame. And the thing is, is that I feel like and and not just us, but the community at large had so much less criticism for this, you know, the NMs that would just keep coming back again and again and again and and. You know, but we have all this criticism for things like hunts. Right. I'm I, I'm just saying that it's that they're remarkably similar things, but just presented slightly sure. differently. And I'm wondering, like, if they had done something different with hunts, like anything different, where you know the participation process was slightly tweaked, or you know, like I, I don't I don't know what they could have done with it. But had they changed it in the same way that in eleven, you know, like they changed they they made a change to distinguish, uh, you know. ZNMs from other poppable right. NMs that we had at the time. You know what I mean? Well, like, take a look at Simurg, okay? Like, Simurg was a long spawn window. Uh, only one group could get him. But if you happen to get him and you happen to get the item that dropped off him, you were rich. And that was, you, I was willing to put the time and effort into trying to get that. Whereas with hunts, it's a, it's a very simple process. I can do it like, it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, an assembly line it's just like go to this station Whoa. do this go to this station do this uh, Scott, and here's the point what you're trying get to get to is what it comes down to and, and and you know we've talked about this in so many different ways for so many different things is the reward structure yeah because just like yeah. how we're I doing agree. the same thing every single expansion with hunts we're also doing it for the same reason which is these little bloody log things that allow us to upgrade tome gear that we're grinding for and knowing exactly how many of them you're going to get and exactly like yep. if i can sit there and say here's the problem is i can figure out okay it takes me exactly this long to go do this hunt and i know i'm going to get this for doing it if i can sit there and calculate out exactly how long i have to sit there pressing my button if i could effectively macro it and let a machine play it for me i don't want to do it and that's what hunts feel like a lot of the time it's like i it's just gonna be me going yeah, back to the board I need 10 more rank a's and then i'll be able to get and the then rest i'm done stuff. exactly i need exactly 10 more rank a's and each rank a takes me about four minutes to go do with a group and maybe if a log drops, I only need eight more kills. Yeah, so it's just like, 
back in the day, like, you know what? More the time than not, like, I, I farmed Jaggedy or Jack and Leaping Lizzie and all those stupid ones had a stupid low drop rate. And you know what? More often than not, I spent four hours to get absolutely nothing. But the one time I got those Leaping Boots... Oh, man. But I mean, like, and that's the thing is that there was an investment. There was frustration. And no one's going to no one's going to deny that. It's not we're not saying that it was a perfect system or that it would be applicable here. I'm just saying, like, the presentation of it was was different. And I feel like the reception of those systems was was different as well. And I'm wondering why. And again, I, I think I think that you can draw an analog between content like and content like hunts but the fact that it's hunts and it hasn't changed from a realm reborn that that is probably the biggest detriment to 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 what we're talking about here's a thought process if final fantasy 11's expansions all had a dynamis zone as their end game like that was it yeah like limbus was actually just dynamis uh, salvage was just a dynamis zone. Every single end game was a dynamis zone. And they, they acknowledged that it was dynamis. Like they're, yeah, it oh, was, we're, it's we're, dynamis. Uh, literally dynamis it, Ottergon. Hey, well, yeah. yeah, welcome to Ottergon. We're going to be expanding dynamis into oh Ottergon. Right. Oh yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, they did do once. You did get the COP dynamis zones, the Dreamland oh, dynamis yeah, zones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But in the Dreamland dynamis zones, the there was all changed. new mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I, and again, the I just. Locked sub job. Oh, fuck Dreamland Dynamis. <laughs> like, I just wonder if, if, you know, like there's a, there's just slight variations that you can do on some of this stuff because like, I get it. Like developing an entirely new system is a lot of time and effort. Yes. And you do want to be able to work your development staff into a pattern because then you know you work it, it, teams work best when they're when they're worked into patterns yeah so that way you can the work more content the workflow <laughs> the workflow is pretty well established and you end up generally with pretty high quality stuff okay um and and it's and it's interesting in that no club documentary uh yoshi p talks a lot about his management style yeah which is really interesting to for for me uh that was really interesting to to learn about um, but I just, I, again, I, I, you know what, Kahlo, I think that you bring up a good point. The reward structure has a lot to do with it. Always comes back to that. I, I think that that definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, but I, I think, I think it's gotta be presentation. I, you know, like, if well, you, yeah, that would obviously help as well. If you mm-hmm. give us hunts, but stop call, like, like. Don't, well, no, it, it's not just not calling them hunts, but they, you've got to be able to take them a, a little differently, and we'd yeah. be fine. Like just a little bit different. Take, take a look at like what's coming up. Like, yes, we have Evilise and Omega coming up, but what is that when you strip that away? It's the new eight man and the yes. new twenty four man. Right, and we've had what? an eight man and a twenty four man in every one of these. And it's like if you if I can break them down into those little categories like right. that, that's where it feels it's, like it's just like it's just, the same thing. With even the new if skin they just change it. the amount of people and make it like not so much like boss trash boss boss like just dude, just change it a little bit nate i actually actually you just gave me you, you reminded me of something when i first got to kugane and you get the the quest when they first start like sort of directing you towards the new hunt board right they started talking about my rank and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i don't have a rank they're like you've killed so many why don't you have a rank and i'm like are they actually introducing some type of like <laughs> rank up system because even if there was some type of just weird and obviously in the end it wouldn't matter anything some type of like progression like you have to kill so many you know uh b ranks before you get access to or the more you kill and the higher rank you get, the more um, 
seals you get from kills even something like that i think would have given it just a new a new feel yeah a new take on on it. it and and i mean functionally you can have hunts presented almost exactly the same with a little twist and i think that that goes down a little bit better you, you know, know what i mean like i from a design standpoint but like if you could limit the number of people who can attack them like if you that's it, a big design change it's though. a big design change but like that would change hunts on a fundamental I mean, level would. yeah and I, maybe that would be a little bit more interesting now the problem you're going to run into is eventually people aren't going to be doing hunts and then you're going to be screwed that's yeah. that is and i think that that's really the problem and and again an, uh, in it stands in stark contrast to final fantasy 11 where you know you talk about things like dynamis did Dynamis ever stop happening? No, oh, no. Dynamis never. still goes on well, today. Be, well, because the, you still you need the currency for your relic. Yeah, exactly. Like you can solo well, or, Dynamis today, or, but you do. You still yeah. do or, or it. There's certain gear that was just synonymous. Like, like, like if you were a thief, you had to have assassins' armlets. Period. Yeah. I mean, if you want to play Dragoon, you had to have the headpiece. So, if you wanted to be a red mage, you had to have red mage AF two. So, I think the one question mark that exists here in Stormblood that we don't know exactly how that's gonna end up shaking out is eureka eureka yeah that's really it i don't yeah, like having to put so much of my hope on something yeah everyone just talk at once on everyone just talk at once because that's a really thing. that's a really good way to do a radio show but to be fair we're all saying the same exact thing we are like that's where the, where it's going to be and if it fails like what do we have to look forward to at that and point? yeah and no one has confidence in it that uh, well i think that that's a real problem that that the community doesn't really have confidence in the ability for the proposed end game you know and the thing that changes in this iteration to be better because in the again palace of the dead i know i bag on it a little bit or people think that i really don't like palace of the dead it was fine. It was serviceable. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't what it could have been. No, it could have been better. But as an event goes, like you look at that and you and you're like, you know, if you're on a thumbs up, thumbs down system, thumbs up. Yeah. You did well. Sure. If you look at Diadem, thumbs down. That's objectively a thumbs down. Aquapolis. Thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. It was okay. I mean, short, sweet, you get some shit out yeah, of it. It was fun. Verminion, yeah. two thumbs down. Yeah. Double thumbs down. I mean, you don't get much worse than Verminion. No. I mean, at least they have that to look forward to. It's hard to do worse. That is true. They've hit the bottom of the barrel. They've had their... Uh, their Enix, hold my beer. They've had their ballista. But it's the not getting worse. That, that, but, mm, that's, but that's their bottom of the barrel in terms of side quests and minigames. Like, but I mean, like... There's, if they put in Blitzball, it would never be as bad as Verminion. However, that's also not endgame and what we're looking forward to. True. So. But there is absolutely something to be said for monotony in an MMO. You have to break up your play style. You have to. I mean, at, at some point, uh, Juxta, uh, in, during World of Warcraft, when did you notice a big variation or a big shift that felt really satisfying? Uh, what do you mean? Any, I mean, in any way, shape, or form. Like, there, Doesn't WoW change it up at every expansion? Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, do you feel like in the time that you've played WoW that as it is updated that... You know, like you walk away with feeling more satisfied with what World of Warcraft Blizzard did with World of Warcraft than what Square Enix is doing with Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, because based like Nika said, like basically every expansion, they try to really shake up the game and like round off the edges like the talent system the very first uh, talent system they had was basically junk because everyone chose the same build every time right so 
many expansions later, they took that shit out, put in a new talent system, which gave you meaningful choices. People complained because you had, quote, less choices, but in reality, you actually had more choices because each choice was mostly viable. Right, you and can each, still pick some garbage ones, but for yeah, the most but, part, but for the most part, they're pretty evenly balanced. Whereas before, and, it was one right, you exactly had the one choice exactly. in reality. And the reason why that's really important is because Blizzard like noticed that that change had to happen. Like the whole talent system was flawed, and so they had to make take steps to drastically alter the cha- alter the game to make it better overall. And in doing so. You had to weather the storm of people bitching and complaining that change is bad. We fear change. Yeah. Well, do you remember Wrath of the Lich King? They introduced the contested zone. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Wintergrass. That yep. was awesome. Yep. And yep. a big change in that in that pa- or expansion. And, and I think that there was at least some of that expectation to be here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going into a conflict uh, for, you know, with with uh, Alamigo. Like, it would have been a good opportunity to make something like a contested zone you yeah, know what i mean i agree and so it really would have been and we had two continents to do it yeah we had Omega and we had doma and and yet it didn't happen and and the thing is is that i can't figure out if it's just i i i think some of, i think there's a little bit of fear there's got to be a little bit of fear that's driving this like yeah it, you know they were able are to, they afraid of the game becoming 1.0 again i think so I feel like, especially with everybody's, like, I mean, they, they, they claim they're listening to us. So I feel like with everyone saying, like, we're kind of getting bored. I, like, I, so I, I feel like during Heaven's Ward, right? Like, and, and especially after watching at least, because I haven't watched all of the no clip stuff and I, and I, and I'm going to, but, um, I feel like knowing what I know about some of the sentiments about 1.0, that some of the decision making is driven by, well, we don't want to backslide. If we try too many things and we try to break the mold too quickly, that we're going to end up backsliding into right. 1.0. We're going to get that mess again. But you can't, on the other ha- side of it, you can't stagnate. You have to be willing to take right. a risk. Yes. I mean, and we got that statement from Yoshi P back in the middle of Heavensward that he was willing to start taking risks. And what happened? They released Diadem. It failed. And he's what? Scared? It failed, twi- like- I, it failed twice. And yeah, as a developer, I think when you get it wrong twice in a row, that that can shake your confidence. Sure. But the, I mean, <laughs> but they had a win with Palace of the Dead. Well, and at the same time, and, had, and let's look at the fucking Halloween event. They're talking about it in our chat now too. Like that was what we wanted: different objectives, a map to explore. Like fuck, that you, Halloween like, event was great. Everyone loved that. Like I really hope because they do say that they're going to change Palace of the Dead when we get or change Deep Dungeon when we get the next one. So it, I mean, they have potential there too to expand on that, and I hope to God that. Well, and, and Skrull's making a point right now. That the first failure of Diadem really wait, wasn't. So as, I know, but he's not wrong in this. The first failure of Diadem wasn't as bad as the second one was. Yeah. And the second one was bad because it was reusing a system that people didn't want to see again. Yeah. We were I, so sick of fates. I, and then we had to do it again. You're right. Like, I, I think that people gave Diadem 1.0 more of a chance than they gave Diadem 2.0. Cause yeah, I, I still have never done it. People, people bailed out of Diadem like so fast so fast and and the thing is is like like okay if i'm square enix like what do i do to fix that you know what i mean like you just scrap it and put in something new don't uh, even, okay, don't even try to revamp it they're trying to revamp it the 2.0 they should have totally scrapped it and put in something totally new i i mean yes that's that's nice to stay in abstract but like what do you actually do you know, like in terms of mechanically, like, like literally it, it, 
take keep the zone design. I guess right. that was fine. Right. But literally take everything that you have about Diadem and throw it out the window, and you do what World of Warcraft did with the talents, and you say, okay, this talent system, junk. Throw it out. We're going to do something completely different that barely has any relevance to the old talent system. But they did... The development team did exactly that with 1.0. They made that hard decision of, do we junk the entirety of 1.0 and start fresh with with 2.0 and, and the, it worked out the and it did work out you're absolutely right that was the, they took a risk and it ended up going well for them and i and i say that to encourage square enix taking more risks now again diadem was a risk they acknowledged that it was a risk and it didn't work out okay that's fine what'd you learn from it that's i think the biggest question that i'd like to ask yoshi p or any of the dev team what did you learn from Diadem, what'd you learn? And was what you learned, don't use fates as the core of your system anymore. Well, and and how do you then try to find the what is satisfying about um, uh, uh, about your system and about your game? Because I think the problem is that following Alexander, there are far too many of these people that were going, Steps of Faith is too hard. Raids is too hard. Like, and they, and, and Square Enix, like, really took that at face value. And again, I think a lot of, uh, you know, what, what they've said so far that they're not going to consider uh, complaints about difficulty, I think is smart. Like, they need to do that. I think mm-hmm. that, and, and, and again, this is, this is for any creative person that's out there. Um, your your audience has the ability to work its way into your fucking head. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter if if you're a comedian, if you're a performer, if you're a, a radio host, if you make a video game. That feedback mechanism has a way of getting in your fucking head and telling you shit that's it gives you false like false positives all the fucking time. That was one that was one of the major psychological facts that I learned from doing the first iteration of limit break radio and why when we brought it back we had this attitude of like like it if you like it fuck you if you don't it's it's not it's not an attempt dude it's not an attempt to like be a dick to people or to like exclude some people it's to go no we're making the thing that we want to make we're saying the things that we want to say and if that's not okay with you there's plenty of other people that will go say shit that you're not going to be offended by but the point is is to have this ability to have this dialogue and have this ability to say this not just publicly or on a microphone but to each other like i think that a lot of the opinions that we take are opinions that final fantasy 14 players will share amongst them amongst themselves in fc chats or uh, you know link shell chats or when they talk amongst uh, you know talk to uh, about it to each other they they talk about it in hushed tones like this is you know like oh man i i don't know about the system but like yeah they're gonna get it together they're gonna get it together like there's this there's this like defensive part of us that like doesn't allow us to go man this is shit and it's not really working for me it's because nobody wants to be a negative nancy well no it's not even that it's just a lot of these people they've just dropped 60 bucks on an expansion and they pay for this game monthly and you'd like to believe Mm. that eventually that investment's not going to be stupid 
I agree. That's that's probably part of it. But the thing is, is that and again, to go back to that way that your audience can get in your fucking head. Like if we sat around and listened to absolutely every last person that said, well, I like the old FF or uh, I like the old uh, Limit Break Radio better or like I can't believe that you guys would uh, would say that kind of, you know, like if we if we took every piece of that seriously, we'd never be able to make a cogent product like we yeah. we used to do that like with the forum I know. there was one member who like and, and I don't know like we banned him and unbanned him three different times and like looking back it's like why did we put up with that I don't know because we were in college we had so much time on our hands well not uh, yeah right yeah tons of time but um no I I think that that happens with anyone who is not used to playing for an audience you know like yeah. you get a that's that's why you know when we criticize other podcasts for placating Square Enix we understand it because we did it for years like it's mm-hmm. it's a criticism but like it's one that we're off we're we're coming at this from experience right you know. like it's yeah it's not just this like abject thing like we get it okay yeah. um, we get why it's appealing exactly because when you when you are given access or yeah. you are given something from you know the company that you're trying to work Those with they recognize you and offer you an interview it is validating it is hugely validating from a personal level because you're like oh my god the people who made you know my favorite video game know who i am and there is that for a little bit but you know what that goes away like that wears off and the novelty of of having that validation also goes away too and when it does what are you left with are you left with a show that you can believe in and a product that you're proud of and that you stand by or are you left with a whole bunch of opinions that aren't your own or have moved from how you really feel in order to uh not step on any toes and not hurt any feelings i think that's the biggest thing again about this show since we brought it back we're not afraid to hurt feelings and and guess what if you have feelings that strong about a video game like maybe you should probably get those into fucking check like maybe maybe that actually says a lot more about your emotional maturity and ability to hear things that you don't agree with and process that in an adult way than it says about us and our ability to fucking uh you know be mindful of your feelings i don't think we have to do that i don't think media has to do that but to go Um, back to your original point of you know feedback has a way of getting into your head even though we generally try to you know ignore it a bit we even have times where we have to call each other out and say now is that your opinion or did you hear that from somewhere yeah and because it does happen like it does it's nature you can't ignore it like if if you go get off the air and people are tweeting at you all night saying you know you suck or whatever it happens to be eventually you're kind of like did I fuck up today or something? What, yeah. what the hell? Oh, man, I've never had that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never, I don't know what that feeling is like. Do you like, do you know what Every that feeling isn't night. like? He never questions himself as a thing. Mm. Well, because I'm always right. Because people think that I need to that I need to be always right, and I don't. Like a lot of the times when I'm the most cynical, I want to be wrong. I want I want FF14 and Yoshi P to prove me wrong. And and let me tell you, when you actually like like I want to say prove you prove Nate or proving you're wrong, but like when you actually get him to realize the point of view that he had is maybe not right or taking a different point of view, like oh, it's so gratifying to see that. Like like he has this look that he does where he kind of like he's real disappointed with himself and he's like shit. They're right. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's the same. Nutter's gonna nut. Yeah, it's that look, basically. Where you- <laughs> I don't know what that. I don't know what that look is. Anyway, let's go to our phone lines and talk to uh, Fearin Terzo of Excalibur. What's going on, Fearin? I guess that's close enough. Hey, that's close the best we're gonna get. Hey, that's the best that you're gonna <laughs> fucking get. Spell it out with uh, pronunciation. 
Uh, no, no, that's good. Whatever, don't worry about it. I, I can. Do you want me to try it again? I can try it again for you if you want. You, you don't want uh, that. Oh, you don't want sure, this. Sure, go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, calling in now is Buttplug McStinkyface. Hey, what's up, Buttplug? Hi, Escalia. How are you? <laughs> Rude. Ooh, that was. A, I tried to warn you. That was a burn. <laughs> you can step on my face anytime you want. Goodness gracious. Well, wow. Okay, that, escalated, that escalated quickly. Gonna get my Yoltsio on. Yeah, anyway. What's up? Uh, so so we've moved on quite a bit from uh, when I initially called in, but you guys were talking about hunts and NMs and, uh, you know, how they, the, the difference between 11 and 14 and as, as someone who played 11 for, uh, oh God, you know, 1000 days worth of playtime, I think I'm uh, inordinately qualified to talk about the differences between the two games and uh, why it just doesn't work here. There, by the way, just real quick, there is no other MMO where people will so quickly tell you what their playtime was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because that, like, playtime in that game was such a badge of honor. It really was. I've I've burned ten percent of my entire fucking life on that game. Yeah, <laughs> I I like when I broke four years playtime, I was like, hmm, that is like way too much of my life and, and, okay and, but I, you weren't playing during that whole time you're just sitting afk and juno true I was, oh, oh no there's some oh no. some of that yeah uh, yeah no i i literally spent most of that time actually playing the game but those like, are those are three of my prime years of life in ff11 it's fucking miserable but like if you think about it though there was there was just this like intrinsic difference to the way that content encouraged its players to keep participating like with ff11 it it really conditioned habit like it, it you you had this like like I almost felt compelled when I would get home to like I have to log on because I have to see what's going on you know what I mean like there's, what 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 if, what if there's a group what if there's a group doing C and they're welcoming noobs in tonight oh my god I have to get in on that I mean yeah it, it's a little sad when you say it like that but but it's that, not horribly inaccurate do you know how not, often I was hoping like oh my god a limbus group that'll take a dragoon <laughs> if I miss that do you know how heartbroken I would be but the thing is is that ff14 again like i think ff11 was a game that was designed to try to keep people logging in and playing over long periods of time right it was something that encouraged continued habit forming mm -hmm. you know yeah. behavior whereas I'm sure meth heads call it habit too uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it definitely was addictive i mean and mmos of that era have a much more uh a much bigger reputation for their addictiveness what are the two things that mmos of that era get compared to every time crack uh, ever crack drugs yeah that's yeah, yeah and it's definitely drugs spousal abuse Drugs and spousal abuse. That's what MMOs yeah. of that era are compared to. That is actually really true because, I mean, if MMOs were infamous for anything other than being a time suck, it would be how many relationships that they ruined. Well, that too. And also, they just hurt you no matter what. The MMO is the abusive spouses. Yeah, exactly. They just oh, hurt you. Okay. Yeah, like, I guess, you, like, it, it tortures I guess you to keep running back to it anyway. Like. Yep. No matter how much it hurt you, you kept playing. But, yep. But I feel like there has been a distinct shift especially since you know world of warcraft where the emphasis on trying to build on habitual play or long-term deep investment from your player community has been kind of shoveled out the door in favor of a more i want to say more solo experience but a more isolated experience i think is is a little bit more fair to say 
Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it has has come down to trying to get all of those people who who can't really commit to just hours and hours a fucking day to stand around in Dragon's area, right? You know. Well, and I, I again to go back to the. Um documentary that we've been talking about today is they they talk about the creation of ff11 and at the time none of them really played western mmos so right. they thought what they they designed what they believed an mmo should be they you designed the what, a, of, what, a, what what they thought a japanese MMO, mmo was supposed to be yeah that's so, kind of important distinction yeah there. and so when 14 came around that was only the kind of the time they were being introduced to the concept of a western mmo and that's kind of what they modeled it after, as opposed to what we were used to as 11 players, the Japanese style of MMO. Well, and 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 another important thing that they had mentioned in that uh, no clip documentary as well is that, you know, um, the FF11 development team spent a lot of time playing EverQuest and understanding the. Uh, underpinnings of EverQuest, but when you ask the FF14 1.0 team among them who was playing World of Warcraft, almost none of them did. Almost none of them even had a context for any of the thing that any of the things that World of Warcraft was even bringing to the table at right. that point. And it does seem, you know, like. I think that Yoshi P has probably taken this a little bit, uh, taken FF14 a little bit more too much to the side of of World of Warcraft for my personal taste. Yeah, I'm just saying that's my personal opinion. It's too World of Warcraft for even World of Warcraft at I, this point. I, I mean, it, it really is because it's more it's more the old World of Warcraft. Because something that you, that that Nero you even pointed out earlier when you were asking Juxta, and I think that that a lot of the MMOs do this, and and to 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 the caller who you know is trying to point out the differences between what FF11 did that maybe you know we don't want to see in uh ff14 is that every other mmo from expansion to expansion changes a little bit and sort of adjusts things a little bit and for the most part ff14 from a realm reborn to heavensward and now to stormblood is now just consistent yeah on that it's yeah. very stagnant uh, it is it is and i think I that don't, that's problematic i don't necessarily agree with that okay I think, I mean, especially what's what's happened to the combat system in Stormblood. That's they've, the only thing that you can point the to, though. Game on its head, and in terms of sure, like the uh, you know, you guys were talking about about Diadem, about hunts, um, you know, even you know the 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 game at its core. You're looking at you're looking at raids, you're looking at dungeons, X primals. These these have been the same since ARR. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they're still they're changing up the mechanics they're changing up how how the game plays for all of us even those of us who've been here since uh you know fucking september 2013 14 whatever the hell it was i mean fuck all of you you know crazy people who've been playing since 1.0 <laughs> yeah no but, i i agree know. with that i don't know how anyone did that yeah, I think the game, uh, if you look at it from what it was when A Realm Reborn came out, it's, it, sure, it's it's recognizable on its face as, oh, okay, I can go, I can go do dungeons, I can go fight primals, I can, I can do all of these things, but, you know, it, it's, it's a lot more approachable, it's, um, you're, the, the, we look at uh, at Titan as as one of those things that we we hold up as like oh this this was the fight back then right mm-hmm. but yeah, Titan hard. I think it yeah exactly Titan hard and then Titan X but then we look at it and there are so many different mechanics that have been added to the primal fights but they've been added so slowly that I think you kind of 
you kind of have to look at it and say, you know, the the fight as it goes now is is totally different than say like Garuda. You know, the the primals as they as they were when when a realm were born was out and we were all trying to do you know our our high level 90 relics so so let me ask you a question though what incentive does a new player picking up stormblood have to have any of those experiences like i get that you know we can't rewind the clock and we can't bring this game back to when titan hard was the hardest thing in the fucking game i understand that what i'm saying is if someone wanted to go back and experience those things what kind of incentive is there for them much less anyone else who's helping them or to try to find any help like what incentive is there to do any of that because a, a big a, the, my, one of my biggest complaints about this game is that you know we we throw out old content so readily and end up replacing it with the same thing like like you know what i mean like we move on from content and then we only and it, it only ends up getting replaced by the same content you know yeah i i i can't disagree with you on that it's you know the only reason i have to go and take somebody through that old shit is because you know just because they haven't well, done it before for a second chance point yeah, that's wonders it. tales of that's course. it like <laughs> oh yeah no, and if we're talking about like benefit benefit to me then yeah that's basically it it's wonders tale mm. But there, um, other other MMOs have solved that problem, though. You know what I mean? Like other MMOs either have solved that problem or that problem never arose, right? Because it's just not. I felt like that was something that I didn't experience in FF11 all that much. There were specific NMs or specific a- activities that didn't apply to the job that I was trying to get gear for. But there was not one singular event that I just completely wrote off because I didn't need anything from it. Oh, I, I mean, we talk about eleven, and the the problem, the major difference between eleven and fourteen is the progression. I mean, FF fourteen, all we want to do is increase our eye level, whereas FF eleven, it's entirely horizontal. The game was at seventy five for how many years, right? right. And and not only Nine. that, like, fucking how how long did leaping boots keep you going? You could wear them at level seventy five. Yeah, on some jobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Core like, stats so, on boots? No, that doesn't ever happen. Yeah, you're you're looking at a game where like those those NMs that you could beat at level fifty at if I mean fuck at level eleven, right? Yeah, you could beat Lizzie. Uh, that the gear that you would get from them was still good, and that gill that the economy was still relevant. Whereas you've got in this game, like there's no. The economy doesn't exist. You know, guild doesn't matter. The only thing that actually matters is 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 what what's the current eye level, and you're only getting that from tomes. You're only getting yeah. that from X primals, and and I mean that that unfortunately it makes all the old content stale when it comes to you know current current gear and and anything that you need right now. Well, I mean, uh, it can make current content stale. Do you remember uh, Bismarck EX last oh, time? Oh yeah, around? dead on arrival. Dead, dead on dead arrival. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I that's mean, we were. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Yeah, we were doing it last week just because uh, people needed the uh, what the hell is it? The birds, right? And then it's you know we, you're at you're at I what are we uh, three hundred right now? Level seventy. We're fucking destroying it uh before the second set of ad spawns and i mean it's it's totally ridiculous content and you're right when when it came out in the first place it it was 
totally irrelevant because Ravana was out and uh, you got a better weapon from it when that came out. Yep, exactly. Like you could like you literally did Bismarck one time to unlock Ravana. Right. And and again, it's not look, I, I think that it's just a question of ask the, the dev team asking themselves, like, how do we how do we try to funnel players pl- to specific places? And it's not like they don't have a concept of this. Like, right. right? Like, they they absolutely do have a concept of this because it seems like every other patch were funneled back into PvP somehow. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yep. they, they have an idea of how to direct their player base and what motivates their player base. But what I don't think that they have ever actually seen firsthand, at least not for FF14, is when you do it properly with oh. gear i yes. think because everything that they've done because because you know they've funneled us back through using wondrous tail they funnel us back through right. using right. books from the relic weapon yep exactly and and it's been it's been kind of like these um these kind of sectioned off places right like it's never been there's never been a bigger goal out of any of that shit right like it's always been like yeah it's a it's a a step in your relic process that refocuses you back into old hard mode primals right, right. Like, for a month for, yeah exactly and then everyone moves on right but if they figured out a long-term concurrent reward which again, I've been saying, put in Uber pieces of gear, like just put in like fucking OP gear that is going to be relevant all the way to the end of your your expansion cycle. That way, you ensure that people are going to be using it, or make it upgradable. But you can upgrade it all the way to what the strength of a piece of gear at the end of the expansion cycle would be, so and then long ease- as you're willing to put in thousands of hours of time right and then ease those requirements to reasonable levels non-poop sock levels as you come up in expansions or uh, in patch cycles right, right right like i feel like those are two ways that you can immediately be able to start addressing this problem and mm-hmm. every time i end up talking about this i always end up get, getting some smart ass that pops up in youtube comments or in the chat room telling me why that can't work and no yeah, one work. no no one no one no <laughs> one has this time? no one has been able to in a convincing way tell me why because what they tell me is, oh, it'll mess up world first balance. It'll, rest up, it'll mess up raid balance. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Nobody. Who gives a fuck about that? No one. I, honestly, the world firsters, your one percenters in this game, fuck them. Yeah. Who gives a shit? If you disrupt that raid scene in order to get... I don't know, even 10% more people back into the raid scene, you've already won. Yeah, yeah like, like the goal met. Like, fuck the world firsters. Like, honestly, can I, can I ask you something? Like, who can name a world firster character off the top of their fucking head? Who can name one person who's, like, shooting for world firsts anymore? Not anymore. Nika. No one. Name, no, uh, one. Nika. no one. No one. Nika. No one. No one what? cool or important is trying oh, to okay. world first this anymore. Is, we used to be able to name uh, free companies, but they even like the big ones broke they apart. They all fell off. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. all fell a fucking like, apart. Lucretia and there was one other one. Elysium. Elysium has been Elysium. the yeah, right. name the JP and the NA, and I think neither of them are like super world first. Anyways. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Name chat. Shut the fuck up for a second. Name someone without a fucking Twitch channel that's trying to world first. Name a group. Name a group. I don't group. know if you even can do that anymore. Blue like, Gar- and Blue Garter doesn't count. 
Because they're friends. <laughs> because, <laughs> because we like them. And we yeah. can't tear into them. Well, we can, but we're not going I don't to. Know, I don't even know that it's the same group that is affiliated they're, with. They're two different groups. I know there's 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 there are. There's a big thing. I know there are. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Anyway. Anyway. No, but, you know, Fearon, I think that you raised some good points and, you know, interesting conversation coming out of that. And, and yeah, I just really do feel like if they could address the long-term motivation problem, the gear lust problem, that they would end up solving a lot of, of, of other long-term issues surrounding the game and surrounding sentiment and player sentiment and player motivation. Because those are all really important things when you start talking about the lifeblood of an MMO, which is how many people are logging in. Absolutely. Absolutely agreed. I mean, I even now, the expansion has just come out, and I... I don't feel like logging in anymore. It's like, why? Why the fuck do I need to? The raid is out no yet. Content Nothing yet. Is mm-hmm. yet. You gotta wait until this like, time. The, the most I can do is Susano <laughs> and Lakshmi, and uh, yeah, that's whatever. Yeah. How, yeah. yeah. And, and for anyone who says it would be too much work to do, I'd like to co- uh, quote Yoshi P himself. Developers should do it because it's good for the game. Developers just should. Yeah, yep. I agree. That's what he said. Yep. yep. Uh, and 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 Fufu in the chat saying Anero's triggered just because he doesn't know shit about the modern raid community. To be fair, I didn't know anything about the old <laughs> raid community. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, is that I knowing nothing. And, and and I I completely admit to being a fucking layman outside of you know like my own raid group that I was in for like a little while you know what I mean like knowing almost nothing not wanting to educate myself I still knew people or the names of groups that were trying for world firsting during binding coil. Although Jin had a good point that people try not to stream their world first as in to like keep it competitive. So you're not going to see streamers going world first. So that's why it's a little bit harder to name those people right now. Uh, I'm just saying I'm just saying no one can name them like no one no one and, and, and of course anymore Fru- now and doesn't bother to name anybody they just throw out the fucking criticism errantly but yeah like that's that's the point like n- n- even if you're invested in the shit like can you name who's going after world first thing like do you know who's lusting after that no. world first title for Stormblood because I don't I don't. No, no, it certainly I've is not our group. That. No, I, w- I, I want to do it, but I'm not going to strive for that. World. If, if we still have a caller real quick, um, are you, are you calling from a supermarket out of curiosity? Because I swear I hear people like ringing up supermarket <laughs> items in your background. Uh, no, I'm fucking standing in Rolgers Reach next to the summoning bell. People are crafting. It just fucking sounds like uh, <laughs> all this nonsense going on. Fair enough. I just wanted to know because I thought you were calling from like a Kroger or something. <laughs> nope. Nope. Definitely <laughs> in my house. Got a beer next to me. I, I definitely pictured a guy who is like literally like standing with customers at the register as he's like ringing things through <laughs> talking about this. No, no. I think that Final Fantasy Eleven had some really valid opinion. You know, like <laughs> that's yeah. what I was picturing in my head I, that I entire really call. Want that. Can we have that happen one day, please? please. Oh, like, God, <laughs> please call in from your work. Please. Oh, my God. That would be call so. And from the call most in, awkward places. And, 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 and like get in a really loud argument with like, what? Oh, my God. That would be so funny. Anyway, Furian, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate hearing from you uh we've got about 20 minutes left in this episode man time flies when you're having fun fan fiction time 
I mean, no. I don't know. If, if we have any more callers, no. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. If you'd like to chime in on this conversation, uh, we'll take probably one or two more callers if we can fit them in. Guys, Nika doesn't want to do a fan fiction, so that means we should definitely do it. No. Yeah, I would say don't don't try to uh, encourage people to call in by saying you know call in so we don't have to do fan fiction. Yeah, no, we're Look never we'll never get demanding calls. fan fiction. I know. Uh, can I read this email about raids that we got? Um, no, no. Okay, I mean we just got fanfic time. No. <laughs> No. no this is just uh, an email we got from uh, gigapants of excalibur who just summed up a lot of what i feel about the current rating scene it says this goes out to nika and escalia mostly as you two are heavily involved in the rating scene all right let's not drop words like heavily, heavily involved <laughs> that's a little extreme but, but but actively yeah how can you stomach these raids if you can even call them that ff14 has some of the worst rating content i have ever participated in it barely feels like you were actually rating something as opposed to just being glorified primals every encounter feels isolated from one another due to zero connectivity throughout the raid between bosses not having any tangible connectivity to the main story isn't doing itself any favors either the 24 man raids are arguably structured better than the eight man raids albeit still not ideal they at least have connectivity between bosses so that it actually gives a sense that you are raiding something variety is also lacking four bosses per four to five month raid period really the bosses at least in alexander have almost zero lore implications which is a huge mistake that ties back to it not being a part of the main story all of this compounds onto the issue of 14's raid structure it really is just here's a bunch of bosses we created insert random model fight them it's so lazy and uninspired the excuse of people missing out on main story because of the raid barrier of entry is not valid anymore with normal mode existing almost with anyone with half a brain can clear this this is what is keeping me in wow over 14 having three raids so far each with their own zones and a combined total of 20 bosses thus far since the launch of legion and another nine boss raid coming in the next two or three months how can you even compare oh and all of them are extremely tied to the main story and have major lore implications if squeenix can get their shit together and stop churning out one disappointment after another that's taking resources away from developing raid content then maybe we will see improvements until then i fully expect alexander to be repeated all over again now this is what i like about this email because all of that was completely valid this email was written in march yeah pretty much four months ago huh how about that yeah and yet yet, it still holds just as true and today yeah exactly isn't that kind of concerning because (laughs) because to me to me again this speaks to the fact that these problems are way longer standing than just stormblood and and again but the raids haven't come out yet so you don't know for certain if they're going to be like that again it's true that i think omega is going to be exactly the same but content they say is coming and maybe eureka who knows okay but no, here's the problem eureka is 100 going to be for the relic weapon which is 100 casual content uh but dynamis was for the relic weapon and that wasn't casual content but, uh but the, no but are square, you citing 11 but the relic <laughs> weapons in this game are casual content yeah, yeah and, and never and, been anything but and yeah. yoshi p has said that explicitly he's said explicitly a that relic weapons are supposed to be casual content didn't he say you're a scrub if you get a relic 
weapon. I remember him saying something like oh, that. Yeah, it's for the casual specifically. Yeah. 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 And, and <laughs> which I think is very, like, I think that, that there's a certain amount of dissonance, like cognitive dissonance that that ends up putting out there. Like, it's so fucking confusing to have your relic weapon be for your casual fucking players. It just, it, it is. It's just not a concept that I think. But, and, really and this works. is where, like, where I think they speak so, so true is that. The sto- that it's not tied into the main story when you have a normal mode version of it is so beyond unacceptable. Yeah. And the fact that like literally those the bosses that we fought in Alexander, you could have put them almost anywhere in the game with the exception of like Alexander. Yeah. Like you could yeah, have put our final one. Ark could have been anywhere. Ark yeah. chase or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that is that is a big problem. Another thing that they identified that I really liked was that none of the raids or bosses or confrontations seem to play one into another. No. no Lord, the, the, the only exception to that is brute justice. Okay, yeah. That's the only exception to that rule in Alexander, right? Yeah. That's the only time one thing played into another. Yeah, you're right. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, is that Coil had that feel. I mean, granted, they gave it us did. things like T3 where we were like sonicking around, but even still it felt like we were actually exploring Bahamut's prison and we were going to like, yeah, or or that some of the bosses actually mattered like nail. I mean, nail him or herself. Everyone. Usually in the lower as well as fucking Phoenix. Well, and just that one, there's that one term where all you're doing is like dropping down. Like it's a jumping puzzle to get down, but you feel yeah T3. You're feeling like you're trying to get down to the next section of coil. You're actually, and then T4 was an entire elevator. It was just an elevator, but yeah, but you were nevertheless going to the next section of the raid. That's the whole purpose of it. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, I there's just so much uh, about this email that I, I agree with on its face and that I appreciate. Um, again, like you said, this being written three months ago and still ringing exactly as true today as it did when it was right. written, um, I think is... But I mean, three months ago, there hasn't been any new right. raids. Yeah, to be fair, no new raid content has come out since then. True. So I went, I'm, I'm curious to say, I mean, I, I have a feeling that it will still hold true but yeah, if it's after still the holds- next raid cycle if this email still holds true yeah. I don't, but I don't that's that's exactly the thing though is that as long as it copies and pastes the structure that came before it it absolutely will ring true yeah i, I need this like, even if in this section of mega there's just make the bosses play into one another make me feel like like going from tier yeah, one to tier if four it's not totally different just give us something that feels fresh that's all right if, if i get through tier one to tier four and i feel like i've gone on a like a journey from the, from tier mm-hmm. one to tier four i'm fine with that yeah but i need those bosses to not look like just like uh hey we're doing an omega themed raid can you draw four things that look like omega kind of right i that did yeah, no yeah, I, and and all of that is massively disappointing once you get your hands on it. And again, you know, a, a lot of people were very critical about Alexander Extreme and and how uh, the first turn of it was, you know, or the first four um, whatever uh, confrontations in it. Right. Um, were very hard, you know, like they there was a strong emphasis on uh, DPS output and uh, the, the they had boosted the challenge quite a bit. And I think everyone going to go when they look back on it, that's what they blame it on. They were like, oh, well, Square Enix tried to make it too hard, too quick. And these all of these, you know, steps of faith nerfers uh, and 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 all of those idiots kind of come out and they point to that and they go, see, this is what happens when Square Enix makes things too hard. But you can do it right and they did it like the difficulty in the next two steps like was fine it was and i and i actually think that 
the hit to the rating scene came from everyone being able to experience everything out of the easy mode and going, well, that's it. Like that's yep. that, that's the experience that they're going to offer. Like, why do I yep, want to have that? Asked for like, why do I want to have this experience in an extreme mode? Like, I think that fundamental question was at the heart of why, why am I participating in Alexander? You didn't have that question with binding coil of Bahamut, which is exactly what we were saying when we were saying, don't put in an easy mode because the 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 motivation there was inherent right it was to see the story i could give a shit if i got gear out of that i didn't really care if i got gear out of it because eventually i'd probably get some piece of gear if i kept doing it yeah well, you, my, eventually you don't you just outscaled as soon as the expansion was over my well we didn't really know that at True. the time but well. my real motivation for sticking to it for all you know for all three turns because i i dabbled in the first turn and then found a group for second and third and the reason i kept keep i kept coming back was because i wanted to see those story moments yeah yeah and like even later on like bahamut is totally worth going back and doing all those and even I, now as you can blow through them it's totally it's worth going back cool to see it just to it see it all like and, there's so much about it was cool and and even though the alexander story and cutscenes. We're not oh. at we're not as up to par as Binding Coil was. That's an understatement. That is, if, that, you know, what that's a very diplomatic way to put that. Yeah, yeah, that's the nicest thing you've ever said. And you know, you, I think that you wouldn't have seen the same fall off that you did if people had to work to find that information out. Like if if you weren't just given a shitty story on a platter that you didn't have to work for but it was a shitty story that you had to actually work for which is worse to not have I to, don't work know. Or to work for I don't, it i honestly i really don't know what would have been worse in this if case. i had put the if i really I put don't. the work into clearing gordius and gotten that story from it i'm i don't i might have been pissed like if that's the story i'd gotten out of the effort I'm, i put into gordius and i wouldn't have been i i, I don't think i would have been able to argue that you shouldn't be yeah i mean like uh, saying in the chat coil story was worth that work it was alexander's wouldn't have been i i i also agree with that assessment but i don't think that the drop-off would have been quite as dramatic i don't think that the bottoming out of the raiding scene community most raid groups i mean i'm gonna I, i'm gonna i'm gonna just throw out a random number and this is just you know uh based on on my own anecdotal evidence but i'm gonna say that 35 percent of raid groups did not make the jump between binding coil and alexander i think I think more I think made the jump, but they got to A three, and then everyone broke. Into I think they disbanded yeah. in Gordius. I think that during Gordius, where you okay. saw a lot of groups go, you know what? This, this story sucks anyway. Fuck this. This isn't worth it. I think most people who did Coil probably gave Alexander got to a, a chance and, then, and at least tried it, yeah. and then they said, "Fuck this." Okay, that would be my guess. All right, I, 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 I guess I can agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And I like I totally understand not making the raid like literally connect with the main story, but then like I'm hoping that Omega, since it is tied in with Nero and Sid and like what we're doing, that it will tie in. As, hopefully, oh, why as would you? That, that, that's what happened in Alexander. But the thing is, but the thing is with Alexander is that it, it was supposed to tie in. I was I was hoping to get more lore about Charlie and, and everything and the people who like found it. But instead, we just got like stupid goblin well, content. Yeah, no, I, no I, that's fair. That's and fair. I, love story, and I feel like if they had actually given us 
the real lore history of Charlay and, and talked about that rather than just like, oh, here's this girl and she's in love with this guy who's inside. And like, that's not what... Mm. You know, Nika, no, actually, that's a really good point because... I also think that I did have a certain amount of expectation to learn more about, you know, the, why the, the fuck is it under there in the first or, or what? Like, why? Because, you know, it's in the Dravanian hinterlands, right? Like, why yeah. is that civilization there so fucking destroyed? We did. We actually never really learned that much about the Charlians well, I mean, we throughout the Char- entire uh, uh, entirety of heaven's work. That's not Charlian proper. No, apparently. it's not. It's not. It. And but, so, and it's it's weird because that they apparently like they Doma got taken over and the Charlians left because they were scared they would be next, and then then their whole town just fell and nobody ever went back. Like it's really bizarre, and we don't really know much else besides that. Well, yeah. and one thing that's a little different this time around is with Alexander, we didn't get our first look at Alexander and the fact that that was going to be our raid until we got to that zone. Like once the expansion had launched yeah. and once we were already that far into it. Well, and whereas I, this time the whole thing that went down with Omega to give any, everyone an introduction happened in the MSQ before yeah. the expansion. So it, it feels it, a little more tied in. It hopefully. does feel a bit more right. tied yeah. in. Yeah, the stakes are, the stakes are, are are inherently different. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you have a history with Nail, you mm-hmm. have a history with the calamity, you have a history, a personal history and an investment in all of those things. Mide and her boyfriend yeah, and all of that fuck. dumb shit the fucking goblins there was n- i felt like i was a fly on the wall exactly. looking at somebody else's story exactly. that i didn't care I about i would have loved to have all of the people who are actually from charlene like Yostola, stole and all like all of them kind of discussing how this affects their history like that would have been so much cooler yeah and and but instead ah. instead you're just shoved off into this Ora clan who it, it, like you don't you don't know anything about them you have no attachment to them they don't play a greater lore aspect in in the world right and then they end up just shoehorning that that fucking horn from 1.0 almost to try to make it have some sort of desperate relevance and that's the thing too is with binding coil we knew who ali say was we didn't we hadn't done tons with her but we knew who she was we knew who louis swa was we knew what the stakes of the calamity yes it felt personal and that's and that's where like i do have a bit more hope for the story of omega is that because it's been built into the msq even if not greatly at least i have some concept of who all these characters are why they matter but hang on is ilbert's like is your fight is is the fight against ilbert your fucking fight the fight against ilbert Uh, i mean like uh, if you think about the things that 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 have led to omega right right? like you've got ilbert and and his sacrifice or suicide whichever way you want to put it to create the um primal yeah to be able to create the primal right like is how much of a personal connection do we have to that? And again, I again, um, I want to say we had a pretty big one at first. I mean, Ilbert was part of Old Dog. We were there when him and Raubon went to, like had the whole had, it came to blows. Like, but it's Raubon's fight, though. Like uh, again, we were personally involved with Louis Swa, right? Like we had we had time. Yeah, he was we, a quest giver. <laughs> and, and 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 when he turned into Phoenix, like I I was like, like there was that little moment of like, oh man, I gotta kill fucking Louis Swa. Yeah, like, I don't want to do that. Oh, hey. Like it and and. 
and and it felt personal, right? Like you're going up against Van uh, uh, Nail, right? Like that's that was the same person. If you had been playing uh, 1.0, that was the same person that you had to beat to complete the fucking thing. It felt like everything was coming full circle from 1.0, and things were becoming more fleshed out from 1.0. And then there was this reversion once we got into Heavensward. This there was this 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 like very sudden reversion where we went back, and now we're a fly on a wall for a story that doesn't really involve us. And I th- and I feel like there is at least a little bit of that with the Raubon Ilberg conflict. Yes, we were present for the bloody banquet. Yes, we were present to see his arm get removed. And Ilberg we were, was a crystal brave. And, and and we were able to see his pain and anger, but it wasn't ours. It's mm-hmm. still not ours. To this day, it's still not ours. And even if you we're, don't... We're a soldier pledge to the Grand Companies, though. To be fair, when something like this happens to one of our own, isn't it... Doesn't it become our fight? No. It's, it's, it's different, hang on, though. Hang it on. is different. It's not going to be as bad as Heaven's Ward was, but I, I think that Nate's right. We might not be a fly on the wall now. Now we're just going to be a supportive friend from the sidelines. And, and and that's really the thing. Like I feel like there is a disconnect when you try to focus all of the narrative aspects on your main character, on the, on the player character, right? On yourself. And it feels like the entire world revolves around you and what your actions are doing and your saving the fate of the world it all hinges on what you the warrior of light are doing except for alexander except for my like you're just a a bit player in this thing in this conflict between a a stupid fucking goblin and uh a a couple who you don't really care about you know like and and that i I, I, want to say without i mean yes you're right and i was gonna say like a similar thing to that but i feel like i want to say going into Stormblood, i i actually thought that they did a good job of making us not feel like the center of attention and i liked that like i liked that i was a supportive friend and i felt that a lot of the solo player instances i really just felt like a soldier in the army well, and that, i thought that well, was fucking but you can't, awesome that's but that's part of the problem that adds to the disconnect because you can't have it both ways you have yep. to you your your game world has either got to not even give a fuck that you're there and feel like it continues to exist and and move on without you your influence or you have to make everything hinge on the player character when you try to have it both ways i think it feels very confusing and and it, it feels that's when we get this disconnect like things aren't fitting together yeah right. I, I agree, I I agree with you guys haven't finished this just story. talk all at once please I, I can't see him i don't know what he's gonna talk but i think in this one this is gonna be much more of a Sid and Nero's story rather than Robon and Ilbert. I don't think we're going to see much of Robon or Ilbert in this. Oh, no, I don't think I think, think so. this is going to be much more about Sid and Nero. I'm just saying that the setup for it, right. though, the setup for it was a conflict between two people that was longer standing than right. our relationship with them. We see, we see it culminate in one point of, of you know, like very well executed narrative um, tension. And, yes. the, and then... Uh, you know, like for an entire expansion, we're kind of like left to sort of sit right. with that. And it, it's and kind it, of hard, though, because now we're going to different like our character more. I mean, it's from Eorzea and, and the three nations, regardless of what backstory we give to our characters in our headcanon. But when you think about it now, I mean, we, we went to Charlotte and we went to Alamigo like our character, regardless, is not from these places. And so it's it's kind of be kind of hard now to keep our character as the main center of attention when this isn't going to be our fight. And if we want to keep expanding to different parts of the world, 
our character is not from those areas either, yeah. and it doesn't affect us in the ways it would affect Rabon or Yastola or whoever. Do, do so I, I think being the supportive friend is kind of the role we need to be right now. Do they ever say where we're from originally? No, no we, we're just an adventure that shows up one day heading towards one. I don't even know if we're from Eorzea. We're, we're on, we on a cart on our way to one of the nations, yeah. and you're like, have you been there before? You can click yes or no. Like, hmm. like Surin and his head canon is from Alamigo, but really, your character's not from Alamigo. So it's like, where so it's kind of hard at that point if we want to keep expanding i don't think the warrior of light can be the center of attention i think they still look to us like a commander they still look to us like a hero and everyone still calls you a hero but i mean because that's what you're doing you're helping everyone liberate and save the day la 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 la. but you are not the center of the story you're just Uh, okay i I mean but but that's that's not what we had for two expansions right like a realm reborn wasn't like that everything was a tightly, realm reborn with everything around you yeah stuff. everything and it, and it was in you felt personally invested in more stuff right and yes. even if you weren't a 1.0 player i think i think just the way that the entire thing is presented is much more personal right and and it's much more palpably personal and i just i i, I at heaven's word i feel like they just tried to they tried to you know hit on both columns and it, and yeah. it spread himself too thin in heavens where we were very much the outsiders coming in and like hey we have a chance to help these people right and that's what we did right and 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 you did feel like you know a little bit removed and less personally involved but i think that it was the most obvious and the most visible uh with alexander that i can completely agree with yeah and and i think that the problem is the is you know like it's taken us a while to to really kind of you know put our finger on it but i think that's where you saw the biggest detriment in that you know because i'm not saying heaven's word didn't work or was a bad expansion by any means i'm not saying stormblood doesn't work or is a bad expansion i'm not through enough of it to be able to give any kind of evaluation on it what i'm saying is that there was a definitive switch between a realm reborn and heaven's word of the role that you as the player character are assuming now to be fair square enix may have tried to make that clear by removing altana's gift by by having uh um midgar somer remove uh or whatever he was doing right and i mean eventually you know you unlock yeah he unlocks it again but but i feel like if if you were supposed to read between the lines from a narrative perspective it was sort of trying to reset your expectations and say you're not going to have the same centralized role in this section of the story moving forward but the way that they wrote most of the scenarios you you did. Yeah. Well, I, that, I see what you're saying that they kind of tried to have you be the center of the tension without having you be the center. Of the exactly. Tension. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the yeah. thing is like, you I think were, Stormblood does it better. I actually think that the entire time they look at you like a commander and they look to you for guidance, but in the end, you're just a soldier. And I feel like I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. In, in heaven's ward, like they were coming off realm reborn where you were nothing short of the savior. Like I so, said, Eltana didn't. Yes, you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you're you're this person who appears who cannot be influenced by primals, so you're actually able to combat them when no one right. can. You are you're the amazing. savior come to save this world, and then yeah. so yeah, when they sent you to Heaven's Ward, because the problem with you being the savior who ends it all is that gets boring real fast. Right. So they tried to reset it back to that, but they still wrote the story the same.
same way. But here's with you in a different position. Right. And I think that Stormblood has the ability to sort of reset that expectation a little bit easier because, you know, while we didn't have access to uh, um, to uh, Ishgard, right? Like and, and there were things that prevented our progress into these Ishgardian areas. We weren't physically removed from that end of the world like we are with Alamigo and Balesar's Wall. We're not physically removed from that end of the world like we are with Authored. And so now when you have that, like, it felt like in Heaven's Word, like, you did all of these epic, amazing things, and only word of that stuff is only now just starting to reach the hinterlands and shit like that, where, you know, if it was, if, if it, 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 it it should have felt more like a part of a living world that was all kind of interconnected yeah. instead of, well, this is our expansion areas. So, you know, we're going to have to move the time bubble a little bit forward here. Well, and you do get a little bit of that with like when you go to the, the first few missions over with the Rebe- resistance, people know who you are. Like, right. oh, you're the warrior of light. That's awesome. You're here to help us. That's great. And then when you get to Authard for the first time, a lot of people are kind of like, they don't know who you are. Escalia, Ria, who? Yeah. Like they don't like, which is, imp- which I think is an important important distinction to make and and i think it it is kind of cool to see the difference in the soldiers like the resistance is definitely like their morale's boosted when they see you walk around but the people in doma are still like and and i think you know to that end i think that you know square enix has a bit more of the opportunity to reset those expectations and allow for those kinds of scenarios to unfold and take place um but i think you know what they've set up for themselves with a realm reborn being sort of like even now in hindsight their their most well remembered you know their most um uh, fondly remembered uh pieces of content i think that that does cast a big shadow on everything that comes forward and and you know stormblood if it wants to lift itself out of the shadow of the rest of ff14 you know like i i really do feel like at some point the ff14 team is going to need to do the amount of heavy lifting that they did between 1.0 and 2.0 to be able to reinvigorate the core community and and the veteran community. Yeah. And again, that is a lot of heavy lifting. And I understand that. And and it's not and I'm not even it's not even a request. I just think that it's probably what's going to have to happen to have this game continue to evolve and to be successful. If they think that they can do 5.0, literally copying, copying and pasting the way that Heaven's Word and Stormblood preceded it. I think that they're really going to have a problem because they set their expectations so high by breaking so many conventions going in between 1.0 and 2.0. Yeah. Uh, at this point, like I, you say 5.0, I need things to be different now. I need it. I agree. I need 4.X uh, line to we do were, that. We were saying that though. We were saying that, you know, 4.X should be the point where you focus on not new acquisitions, right. but your veteran player base. And to be able to do that, I think takes a massive shift in the way that the development team approaches making new content. And on, and I think that if you take Stormblood as our example, I don't think that we're going to be getting at this expansion. We may, and we may not get it ever. Well, it's if you're going to do it, it's going to take a bold choice, and it's going to take someone. And that's scary. At, I mean, it is. It is, it is scary, but it's going to take someone like Esquires, like Yoshi, or someone on that team to feel that, like to be on board with that bold choice and go to yeah. bat for it. Yeah, 
And that, I, mean, I mean, like, and I get like coming out of the disaster that was 1.0 and the fear of ever returning to it, that that might be nerve wracking. But if you want your game to survive, you got to make a bold choice every now and then. You don't have to do something crazy every expansion. You don't. But every three, maybe you kind of do. But I feel like the fear is that one one cata- catastrophic patch could do it could be the difference between you know like in the, in the point of view of the devs that they're just like trying to avoid that one catastrophic decision yeah. that one catastrophic move off of what has worked to something that is less sound or less predictably um you know the outcome is going to be predictable from it right like but that place that you get to that place where one catastrophic patch is all it takes that place is bred out of malaise out of years of it all being the same right because here's the here's the truth of it is that every mmo eventually gets to that place it's a question of how quickly or or slowly you get there and i understand that square enix may be trying to make sure that the fall off is a slow bleed instead of uh you know uh, a cliff right you know yep. and i understand that but if you want to keep you know you want to retain people uh long term I, I i think that you've really got to give a lot of thought to the way that you present your content as a whole moving forward in an expansion in Ra- a patch raising the level cap in 11 was a bold decision and it changed it changed that game forever like you were never going back to how it was before that after you but made it that needed decision. to when but it, it needed happened, to happen when it happened it needed to happen it did like everyone was watching somehow even though it needed to happen so bad everyone was watching was just as stunned like you couldn't believe that it actually did happen yeah you're just like watching like oh cool what new job ability for paladin are they going to show off and, and that levels was up and you're like the one oh and and, and it, you know and there was a, there was another quote from uh from yoshi p and again I'm, I'm i'm paraphrasing uh from this documentary and and that was you know the it, he he said you know it was really their choice to make a bold choice right like to to say you know not only and and there were two bold choices that they made by the way okay the first bold choice was that we're going to destroy much of the land that we had built yep and we're going to rework this thing from the ground up that was the first impressive choice that they made and the second one was that they were going to continue to develop 1.0 while working on 2.0. They were essentially going to double their workload Mm -hmm. and not give up on the continued development of the players that they already had. That was an important point that he made. Yeah. That without the players that they had already gained, that there would have been no way for this this project to continue. I wonder what happened to that sentiment. (laughs) You know, I... The fact that it's in that documentary, to me, signals that Yoshi P on some level does get it. Yeah, he recognizes it. Right. But you got to also be willing to act on that at some point. Yes. And 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 it makes me concerned about the will to do things over there. And that is not that's not a personal criticism of Yoshi P. That's not a criticism of any one member of their staff. That's a criticism of the culture. Do you think he still has the sway and authority to make a bold choice like that right now as it is? If he went to SE and said, I want to do something bold. I, honest to God, honest to God, I, I think that if Yoshi P really believed in something and he wanted and he like really like pulled for it and said, I believe in this. It may be a weird decision. You may not understand it, but I think that this is the only thing that can keep this game alive. I think that, yes, he would advocate okay. for it. And I think that. He would all, you know, I think 
and SC would allow it? I, I, I don't. I, that's the question. That's my question. Is do you think he still has the authority um, to make a bold choice like that? He can believe it. And he, like you say, because on some level, no one has no one has the ability to make that choice. Like there's no one person like that's a that's a committee choice. Mm -hmm. There's no way that 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 something like this game doesn't get past the board of directors has to say yes. Yeah. 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 I I, I, see that. I think that's partially the difference, because at that time they were so desperate with 1.0 that if a guy says I have a bold decision, they might be willing to listen to it. But right now, while it's making them a fuck ton of money. It's harder to make that get a board of directors on board with a crazy change. And and again, that's why I'm not criticizing Yoshi P as a yeah. person. I'm criticizing the culture that exists um, and entrenched thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for all the for all the good that Square Enix has done with this development team for all the things that they do right, like their transparency, like, um, you know, their their willingness to be open with their fan base, their willingness to uh, communicate with the fan base. Uh, all of those things are, are, I think, very important and things that they are very good at. They've been very good at. Yep. Um, but I do think that you know it, there's 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 shit that needs to be fixed like there's absolutely stuff that's not working as long-term players we've identified that it's not working a lot of people have gotten their butts hurt about that opinion but the thing is is that i mean i think that we've outlined in countless shows why it's valid why it's valid to feel like that and you know again i'm i'm totally willing to be the guy that ends up taking the heat and taking the flack for having a much more honest conversation because as much as you guys want to sit here and say oh well you get salty you get mad you get you know you get angry and emotional again we're trying to drive conversation i i, I mean like i'm much more interested what you guys have to say when you call in and call the show and talk to us and give your opinion about where we're at than what my fucking opinion is yeah you know what i mean and we can't so, have dead air so we got to talk but and, we'd and, rather you talk but but the thing is is that you know to to get people to a point where they want to express that or express themselves beyond hey i'm so hyped for this thing you know what i mean like you've you've got to push that conversation into sometimes uncomfortable places and i really appreciate the almost 300 people that stick it out with us to the end of the show uh nearly every week that you know the the 20,000 people that download this show every week from uh you know from our website um you know th- those are the people even the hate listeners those are the people that you know we love the hate listeners yeah right that they're they just we have fun with them but the thing is is that um you know, I, I, I think that the people who listen to this show, who partake in these conversations, who think about these kind of subjects a little bit more deeply, a little bit more uh, meaningfully, um, you know, that uh, that it ends up it, it does end up creating a really productive dialogue in mm-hmm. the end, whether or not you agree with the initial opinion that sparked that conversation or not is kind of secondary. And and the thing is, is I'm, I'm I am not scared to be the bad guy i'm not here to make friends i don't i don't need friends i've got enough friends i'm here to make a show i'm here to talk about a game that i enjoy that i want to see continue to grow and that i want to see not fail and you know if if we're going to be honest about this then we should talk about it honestly and if something's not working should talk about it not working and how to you know what what possibilities exist to fix it instead of just asking for nerfs yeah oh god <laughs> nerf priest you fucking worthless game players you
Anyway. Well, congratulations. You ran out the clock for the fan fiction. I did, didn't I? Well Good done. Job. Yay! Well done. Another week where he we've says been spared. surprised. There's <laughs> another week where we have been spared having to read fan fiction. Thank God. What about next week, though? Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Guess you'll have to tune in to find out. All right, that's going to be it for Limit Break Radio today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Nope. <laughs> I thought the story was a bit may most of the way through up to the last 75%. Okay. It was a pretty meh. Up to the last 75%. So it was meh for the first 25% and then the rest was awesome. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. The way that that was written. (laughs) So the last 75% of the story was good, but the first part was just meh. You may uh, may want to clarify that to the channel. Anyway. Gear Abanya stuff was really bad. It wasn't great. Anyway. 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 All right. That's that's going to be it for Limit Break Radio this week. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. We appreciate it as always. Uh, make sure that you set your clocks Sundays at 4 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio is where you can catch the live show. If you want to get in on the live calls or if you want to subscribe to the podcast, that's over at LimitBreakRadio.com. If you're listening live, stick around. Coming up next, Checkpoint Radio, our latest episode. It's going to be available for you to listen right here on Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. I want to see all 305 of you listening to Checkpoint Radio this week. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I want to thank my crew. Scurro's been helping us post these to YouTube. Kuki has been monitoring our calls, and we thank her so much for her hard work, uh, not just with Limit Break Radio, but with Checkpoint Radio and Final Encountercast as well. And, of course, my crew, Juxtaposition, Escalia Rayumasa, Nika Kayanian, Kalo Landis, I'm an hero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kyle Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzi are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Package, Shira Hartslot, Nexian Theta, Brian Alexander, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 